Yes, yes, y'all, it's going down right now. Episode 76 of the 22 Shots of Moods and Horror podcast is coming at you live. I am your host, Mood616. And of course, I've always got my homie sitting right in front of me because I'm looking at a computer screen. We got the half-blooded and hard-headed Mexican Double Shot J, also known as JP. And of course, we are very, very excited to welcome back to the show one third of the Disturbing Cinema podcast, Victor Selva, aka the pedophile. Um, <laughs> correction, I mean Kyle, aka the horophile. What is going on, my homies? What is up, bro? And then, yeah, I guess you can call me a pedophile at this point because, uh, yeah, I mean, I've been called it on almost every fucking episode at this point. So I just can't stop because it's it's your name is just perfect for it. And just with all this, you know, talk about Victor Selva in the uh, in the news lately and stuff. And I just it was right there. I had to do it. <laughs> I just, hey, I just, I'll, I'll forgive you guys. I mean, it's it's all good. I I I love you guys either way. So it's, yeah, you. If you, I bet you'd love us even more if it was twelve. Oh, I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good. You do have a twelve-year-old dick, so we all Ooh. know. Oh, <laughs> but speaking well, I am of pretty sure. Other... <laughs> that is true. You are. You are. But you know you're even you're pretty tall actually for a Mexican though, to be honest. <laughs> got some height. You got some height. But speaking of that motherfucker Victor Selva, so somebody posted in the group page the other day about how um, you know filming for Jeepers Creepers three is going to start pretty soon here, and it's going to be um, in British Columbia where I live, so literally in my backyard. And I kept I got thinking to myself, I'm going, how in the fuck can this guy cross the border into Canada, let alone the province where I live in? And I'm like, this is ridiculous. Like, how does he get across the border? He has a criminal record. I mean, is it like so much time goes past and they, they, they just forgive him? But you can't forgive a pedophile. It's a fucking pedophile. You're letting this guy go into a different country and film with kids. Yeah. BC, where I live. Right. What is going on with this? I just had to bring this up because, well, of course, I brought up Victor Salva. So now I'm all pissed off. It's, it's, so, it's so funny to read his Wikipedia. I'm like looking at his Wikipedia right now. The first fucking sentence of his Wikipedia says, Victor Salva is an American film director and convicted sex offender. <laughs> no, no way. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I swear to God, look it up. It's so yeah, funny. That is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> That's so horrible, man. That's it just like... sucks, dude. It just sucks so bad to me because like, yeah, I truly think, and I believe this, and I've said it before, that Victor Salva... Had he not molested a kid, would we would be talking about him as if he was a master. Uh, he would have made a lot more movies, and yeah. he would have made a lot more horror movies, and he probably they probably would have been good based on just his um, technique. Like he's he has a good filmmaking technique. He mm -hmm. knows how to make scary movies, mm -hmm. and it's unfortunate that we were kind of uh, had that ripped away from us. But in you know maybe in the DeLorean you can go back and be like hey he dropped that penis <laughs> <laughs> or something like that I don't know like it just sucks wow, that was I always think that was about funny. it I think about it I think of Victor Salva molesting kids all the time and mm. it just it, that's, it brings that's a little my strange blood, though <laughs> it brings my butt <laughs> to a boil because I'm like I'm like you deprived us of some probably great films that probably don't exist probably will never exist. And yeah. in a alternate timeline, we could be talking, you know, because 
we, you would never even think of him as a sex offender if he hadn't been, you know what I mean? So uh, you yeah. would everybody would probably talk about how great he was, and he would probably uh, – I think he would be maybe not on the tier of like Carpenter or Craven, but maybe on that, well, I wouldn't go that. I secondary wouldn't go that tier of, of directors. Uh, I mean the problem. For myself, the problem is with saying, you know, you know, he could be such a great, great director if he made a lot more films, but it could go the complete opposite way, too. And we, we, we've learned that. I mean, there's some directors out there that started out really promising in their careers and then made a lot of movies. And, you know, if you look at their filmography as a whole, they're not really the greatest. Oh, I mean, yeah, perfect, that's for sure. The, the person that I always think about when I, you know, I think of like, man, his career started out so amazing. He did so many good films. And, you know, and basically in the last, you know, I want to say 30 years, hasn't really made anything that great. And that's Toby Hooper. You know, Toby Hooper has an amazing filmography early in his career. And then he kept making films throughout the years and nothing was really that great. Yeah. You know, it's, it's kind of a shame. And like, I don't really consider Toby Hooper as like this masterful director, even though he's done one of the best horror films of all time but i mean if you look at his at his career as a whole it, it's kind of a mess it mm-hmm. is kind of a mess so i mean if you look at i mean it is kind of a shame i mean every time i think of victor salva i, I always think of the classic you know stuck between a rock and a hard place type thing you know i really enjoy his films but i really loathe him with a passion and, you know like i just the name just kind of makes me grip my teeth it you know, is like a very name, pedophilic name yeah, Victor, I know, right? And then I just couldn't believe this post. I thought it was actually a joke at first. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, this guy's allowed into BC. And I'm like, what is going on? This is crazy. But it was kind of a rhetorical question because I really don't know the reasons why he is allowed to go into a different country now, considering he has a record. Um, so it's interesting. But maybe I'll have to make a trip down to, you know, a few hours away. I don't know. I, I don't know. Go walk Canadia's on the rules. Well, no, it works both ways. It's like, I mean. You know, if I had a DUI, you know, I would not be allowed in the U.S. And it goes the same way. Like, you know, if, if you had a DUI, you wouldn't be able to go up into Canada. It's kind of like that thing. It's like a major charge kind of thing. I mean, I know <clears throat> that he I'm was convicted. Sure I don't know. Is that is that true? Like you could like if you if you have any type of criminal record, you can't come down to the U.S. Well, I, I have about three like, or four buddies. Even that to visit? Have every and every time I go to the States or go to Mexico or something like that, they can't come. <laughs> they mm. just can't go. That's crazy. Um, yeah. I didn't know that. So. Yeah, it's kind of shitty, but I, I know there is a certain time period where things can pass. I know that like, he was convicted, what, in the early 90s it was, right, mm. or something. So he hasn't had any charges since, and maybe there's a time constraint. I don't know. But, I mean, fact of the matter is he's obviously allowed to be country jumping. So Well, that's I not just, necessarily I, I thought, true. Well, I mean, if he's allowed across the board, it doesn't matter. we don't matter. know if he's allowed. <laughs> Yeah, maybe not. I mean, they did say. I mean, the article just said. Well, there is a little bit of news later that we're going to get to that has to do with this kind of. So, um, I just kind of took it like you know, Victor Selva's going to be on the set if they're going to you know start the shooting of Jeepers Creepers three. But who knows? I mean, I've seen weirder things with guys that have directed films that were never on the set, which makes absolutely no fucking sense to me whatsoever. He fucking looks like a pedophile. He does. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) it's that little pornographic mustache that he has in that pic there. It's rough, honest. man. It's and I and I said this before. The way that uh, Jeepers Creepers one and even two came about was very sneakily. This was early internet time. There's nowhere near the amount of social media back <laughs> back then as there is now. Oh, and no. I feel like because those films came out at a time where. No, no, nobody really even knew who the hell he was, but now with social media, 
and I seen it when they announced this. It's all over the place, dude. There's articles everywhere talking about his uh, sex offending past. So I really do think that this film might be harder to make. And he's made films since then. But now all of a sudden it's Jeepers Creepers 3 and it seems to be more of a big deal. Because I'm telling you, dude, I've seen it on every horror site that I go to. Uh, somebody either uh, posting news and commenting on his sexual assault, uh, sexual you know molestation charges, uh, and straight up articles written about. Uh, literally, I've seen one that said like we can't allow Victor Salva to make movies. Uh, I've seen ones that say, you know, should we should uh, everybody get a second chance? It's pretty crazy. It's honestly kind of um. I don't know. Uh, I, I guess I'm kind of excited at the topic because it seems like so many people are very passionate and like it, it's really sort of becoming this um, big mm -hmm. debate. And uh, I, I definitely am very interested to see how this plays out, especially with the news that we're going to talk about later uh, with Victor Salva again. You know, the the interesting thing is, you know, the norm for when a part three comes out, it's kind of like, you know, Jeepers Creepers uh, 3D. You know, in Victor Salva's case, he'd be like, you know, cheapers creepers three sum. <laughs> <laughs> Under three. <laughs> Under three. <laughs> oh God. Um, okay, that so that we're so, obviously making very fun of pedophilia tonight. <laughs> I, I, I know. I was gonna uh, say a joke, but then I just realized, oh, I've heard that joke before and Brandon dropped it. It was a pretty good one. Uh, he's. I believe they were talking about something to do with pedophilias, and he's like, and he's like, sorry if we offended any pedophilia ped, pedophiles out there. <laughs> it's pretty good, you know, pretty good. That is good, man. So, what else has been going on, guys? What's uh, what's new in your daily lives? Anything cool, Kyle? What's going on? Not much, man. Like, just uh, like I was saying before the show, I've been working a lot. Um, I went through and uploaded a lot of the uh, uh, the. The podcast of me and JP, you know, he took forever to upload some of the Ash vs. Evil Dead ones, uh, but uh, I finally got those uploaded on my site, uh, which took a little mm -hmm. while because I had to change the descriptions around. Got all that done. I'm doing a, uh, I'm actually doing a, uh, a contest on my page right now uh, to win a copy of Deathgasm on Blu-ray uh, that I accidentally apparently got sent to me. So I'm doing that right now. Um, but other than that, really, not a lot. I haven't really watched. How did you accidentally get a copy so of Deathgasm I, sent to you? I, I actually ordered Deathgasm from BestBuy.com, and they sent me two copies, and they only oh. charged me for one. I don't know oh. how that happened. They sent me one copy, and I got it like the day I was supposed to, and then like three days later, I got another copy. And I was like, I hope I didn't get double charged for this, and I went and looked, and I didn't. So I guess it was some kind of a mess up on their behalf or something but i thought maybe you're just turning into turi from the, the group they, page there didn't they you know, fire he buys you two of everything yeah <laughs> <laughs> Dude, what jp i said didn't they fire you once what best buy yeah yeah a long time ago okay so this you, is this, you is, at car best this buy? is karma for you dude yeah i worked at i worked at best buy for about five years i want to say you worked there five years and then they fired what'd you get fired for yeah. All right, so this is since JP likes to bring up the past. Um, I'll Why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> no, <laughs> like I, uh, I had a I had a company owned laptop, and 
Uh, I had. Oh, you were looking at you were looking at the gay porn, weren't you? Yeah, I was looking at gay porn on it, and I was actually tugging my meat to it, and they were looking through the webcam at me (laughs) while I was doing it. And the corporate fire. No, I'm just joking. But no, like uh, I downloaded a movie on my company-owned laptop, and they found out and fucking fired me for it. So really yeah yeah they're sad like like, like just one infraction like did one you infraction had no never, never got written up never got in trouble with that company whatsoever the whole time i was there and they fired me now the funny thing Isn't is that kind of breaking labor laws like you can't just fire somebody for just mm, one thing yeah, you can, can you like yeah, you, you can. can i mean here it's impossible to yeah. fire people Even it's a little easier here man yeah it's much yeah. easier they, you they need, like you need those three write-ups, and then you gotta you have to have a verbal and all these other written ones, and then it's just fucking bullshit. Uh, it's so hard to fire people. Sometimes you actually don't even have to have a reason. You God, can I literally just honestly. fire somebody. They might get unemployment or something out of you, but but you it, certain states and stuff you don't even have to have a reason. There is a there is a twist to this story. So when I got fired, this is this is even more fucked up. This is worse than me getting fired. When I got fired, I had went into an interview to move up in the company. I had like applied for a job, went into the interview. They fired me in the interview. Yeah. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. You gotta set. Hold up. Back up. Reverse. Yeah. Uh, hold up. So so you're all ex- you're all excited. So I'm dressed up. To go, so, so I'm dressed up in a, like a night, like a nice like polo and like. And you, some, you've like, done good at this com- You've done good at Best Buy, right? I've I've been like do, moving up in this company for a while. I'm actually like pretty high up in Geek Squad. I go in for an interview to move up in Geek Squad. To, I was going to be like the next, uh, the, you know, the next whatever the next roll up was at the time. I don't even remember what it was. I went into the interview when was I went. Was you nervous? The- uh, I mean, I don't. Yeah, a little bit, I guess. At the time, I don't remember. I don't okay, so so set, get a little more detailed. You walk in to the. Well, is there a room? Is there like one guy with a long you, table and a laptop but, sitting there? Like set the stage. Pretty much, here's the stage. I was sitting. Uh, me and my partner were both moving up in the company. I was going to, be, going to become what he was, and he was going to become something higher than what because we we worked together. Okay. So I was sitting in the break room waiting for him to get out of his interview. They pull me into the interview. The, it's it's me and and another and my manager and he's like hey you know um before we do this interview you're gonna have to get on the line with corporate and talk to them for a minute so i talked to corporate and they're like hey uh you know we scanned everybody's computer in the company and we saw that you were downloading movies and uh or you downloaded this movie and they said the name of the movie i don't even remember what it was it was something stupid that some shitty movie and they're like we are gonna have to put you on leave and we're gonna have to find out whether or not you're gonna have a job so they immediately put me on leave and then they took away all my my laptop my my you know car they give you (laughs) and then the next day they fire me did you cry oh my god dude that story is amazing it was it was a really just fucked up situation at the time for me because I was was already, you like was you like are you, are you serious like no, no I looked at him and I said like, is this a joke like I thought it was a <laughs> joke like I was like I've this never is- heard of someone going in for an interview for a higher position <laughs> in their company and getting dog. fired yep I got went in for the interview and got honey dick that is some sneaky shit man yeah, that's the fucked up thing shit. about it is they they fired about two hundred and fifty people in the entire company for the same thing that I did and then the fucked up thing about that is some of those people are actually Actually, after like a certain amount of time, we're able to come back and work for Best Buy again, and they're actually working for Best Buy now. And you wasn't allowed, really? No, I was. Al- I'm allowed to. I can reapply, but I'm not going to work for that fucking company again. <laughs> what kind of discount did you get there? Uh what did I get? Oh, God, it's been so long. I think I got like a twenty percent discount. That's not too bad. No, that's, that's bad. pretty good. Better than nothing. It's, it's, it's what funny I get. though because. Yeah. I, Damn, I just, dude, that story had me in stitches, oh, man. man. I, I had to pause it. I was that fucking... story before. It's great. 
I was wiping tears away. Yeah, oh, I got God. fired for having fifty first dates on his computer. <laughs> Dude, it was like it was <laughs> actually the Adam Sandler film. No, that was, was totally actually, worth it, wasn't it? Was it was actually a horror movie. I don't remember what the movie was. It was like some low budget horror movie. But I remember I downloaded it, and it was I had down the fucked up thing is I downloaded it like two months prior to me getting fired. So like it would had been on my computer for like a long time. Did you so. watch it at least? Oh yeah, I watched. I'm sure I did. I don't even remember what it was. Why did but... you fucking delete it? Why would you keep it on there? Well, they, it wasn't that. Like I could have deleted it, but they could still tell that I would have downloaded it. I mean, they could. They scanned. Now, did my... you think of doing this, Kyle? Yes. Did you think of saying, "Well, I, I already own the movie. I just wanted a digital copy." Well, they don't really take that <laughs> into consideration when you torrent things. So. <laughs> I guess not. Right? No. Because because that's the case with uh, like old video games, right? You get the emulator and you get the ROMs, and and the purpose of that is if you own the game, but you want a cop like a digital version of it. You know that's like whatever. complete bullshit. That's like people covering up the fact that they're fucking oh, Well, yeah, but I mean, oh, I mean that's like the thing, though. I mean, that's like. Yeah, I- AKA I have the worst fucking luck ever. So <laughs> no, you don't you got two copies of Deathgasm, dude? I, well, that's like the that's like the most exciting thing that's happened to me in like in your my life. Fucking life. <laughs> so they just massacred the the employees, man. Two hundred and fifty people. They fired two hundred. They they were actually going through like a really bad company, like wide, like they were just losing money and they were trying to look for ways to fire people. Is what I kind of got at. So and somebody was like, hey, hey, why don't we uh. Why don't we just scan, all, scan all their computers? computers. I yeah. wonder how many people they found like our friend Victor Salva. You think mm. they found anybody? Probably. Ooh, I mean, you got to think out of 250 people, you would think at least one. No, would be a just 250 people got fired for what I did. There was probably thousands of people that had laptops. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't know. So crazy. Well, that's, that's crazy. Situations. But, that's, th- but yeah, thanks JP for bringing up the, that fucked up situation again. You really, you really lighten the mood for me here. <laughs> Goddamn fucking son of a bitch. <laughs> oh, so uh, if you guys are interested, definitely uh, hit up Kyle's contest on his channel. You find that probably not in the link down below. Cause I don't usually put his channel there. Let me uh, let me kind of go over the rules for my my contest. It's really quick. So I'm giving away a copy of Deathgasm, or if you already have Deathgasm, I don't mind buying a copy of something for you if you do win. I've already had like five people enter. It's really easy to enter. You go to my page. You just uh, basically like the video that I made. You know, you know, kind of talking about the contest. You make a video response telling me your favorite gore scene of any movie, um, and you put my name in the description. Um, and you just put the link for your video in my comments, and you know I'm just gonna basically take all those. I think I, I think I said the contest was gonna end in uh, April 14th or April 15th, um, okay. and we're just gonna draw. I'm just gonna draw a name and send it, you know, send it to somebody. So just cool, know, cool. So uh, maybe I'll enter that. I'll try to if I have the time and I have the memory Ooh, for it. Um, something I would like to announce. Uh, Shit, yo. Uh, you know that Synapse, Tenebre, Steelbook? Yeah. Yep. I know this like Mexican dude whose birthday is coming up, and he would really like that. So, <laughs> <what I'm saying. laughs> Hey, uh, um, we're going to keep this under $20, so <laughs> I don't know how much that is. I think it's no, that. Fuck like that Steelbook, bucks. man. It makes me mad still. I don't even want to think about birthdays, man. That's all I did this past weekend. Had my I don't son's even birthday celebrate on. my birthday. I haven't celebrated Ugh. my birthday since I was like 13. 
man, it was just like crazy ass weekend. The case Easter weekend, I start off the Friday with my son's birthday, and it's just fucking crazy all Friday. It's basically almost had like two parties: one for like his kid, kid friends, and then my family was over. Then Saturday, of course, we did the Easter dinner with my family, so it was fucking haywire. And Sunday was my wife's birthday, so that was retarded. And then Monday, <laughs> I spent the whole fucking day. Are doing yard work and shit like this whole weekend i was just like i didn't get to, it just felt like it was so much work <laughs> i'm still <laughs> fucking drained man i want to think about birthdays but yeah jp maybe i'll send you I'll, I'll send you something for your birthday man i still gotta send you something it's not gonna be no <laughs> ten. I'm, i can't afford that shit myself by the way mood sent me it's in my next update that i have recorded uh he sent me the canadian sexy super sexy edition of black christmas which i'm a little disappointed i'm have to wait like a year almost to watch it because i can't be watching that in the middle of the spring so uh next winter that is going in my blu-ray player as soon as the first snowflake hits the ground in southwest pa thanks for that nice. buddy that was really awesome yeah. i love yeah, it, it is nice it's a really stacked edition man it has so many features it has all the ported over ones and all the new ones it's a great edition man really really good stuff Glad you liked it. I did. I do. I love it. Awesome. Well, should we get into some news? Uh, some? Yes, let's do that. Uh, it was looking a little dry at first because uh, at the time of us recording this, it's actually Wednesday. I don't think we've recorded on Wednesday in like a long ass time, if ever. And uh, that's not usually our record day. So we're this is kind of a quick turnaround here. So it's like about five days since our last recording. So there hasn't you know, two two or so days uh, of news still would be usually on the show if anything comes out tomorrow or the next day. That's why we didn't get to it. Uh, but first up, we have a little update on our good old franchise that we love to tease. They love to tease us with it, and that is the, of course, my favorite franchise. That is the Friday the 13th franchise. Apparently, Brad Fuller and whoever the hell he is, you know, whoever's running this shit uh was at somewhere to talk about like teenage mutant ninja turtles or some shit the new one and essentially they got a little update on friday the 13th the one that got delayed a couple times and essentially they said two things uh as we know david bruckner was attached uh he said that he wanted to do sort of a dazed and confused meets like friday the 13th thing in the set in the 80s uh and that is not what we're going to see now. So he, he got canned. And uh, the guy, Guzawowski, is uh, the writer now. I don't know if he's doing the, the directing or not. But he's also doing the remake of The Wolfman. Uh, so he's kind of busy right now. Anyway, they said two things. They said, A, it is not found footage. Uh, these Yay! He's talking. <laughs> and B, it is a period piece. So it's not <laughs> set in present day. That's good signs to me. Um, and, like, you know, like, are we talking like when I think a period piece, I'm thinking like, you know, like the Victorian era. <laughs> it's, it'll be like, set in like the 80s or 90s or some shit or 50s. 50s would be cool. Um, uh, but anyway, also, there was, would be a, cool, man. There's, there was a second little update. And apparently uh, they said that the script is due in in April. And the plan is to begin filming at the end of summer. Now, this film initially had a 2017 of January release date. That's the newest release date. 
uh, that would be kind of a quick, that would be a quick production. I mean, it's no Hellraiser 10 or anything, but, it, you know, that that seems kind of quick. Uh, I don't know, man. I, I mean, it's it's yeah. one of those things. It's, I'm not really buying into it too much uh, because it's just over and over again they delay this stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, once we get some concrete evidence that they're actually filming and things are happening, yeah, maybe I'll start to get a little excited. I don't get excited, though. Yeah. But who so, knows? Yeah, that's... That's the old Friday the 13th news of the week. <laughs> it's just uh, We're just drained from talking about it. Yeah. So much Friday the 13th news. <laughs> okay, so I kind of uh, mentioned this a little bit earlier when we were talking about Victor Salva, but some more Jeepers Creepers 3 news. As uh, we either talked about or it was – I don't know if we had a chance to talk about it, but they, they, not, they released like info about casting and stuff and what had happened was uh, the Union of British Columbia Performers mm. alerted talent agents who in turn alerted the website uh, that was hosting the casting thing and they removed the casting uh, thing upon learning of uh, Victor Salva's conviction. Uh, so the uh, project has been removed from the files. All submission made by any agent on the project are no longer available to casting uh, director nor any member of the production staff. Uh, meanwhile, the union issued their own statement. I'm getting this from Bloody Disgusting, by the way. Uh, it was recently come to our attention that the casting breakdown has gone out of uh, for a feature film entitled Jeepers Creepers 3, and the director of the film, Victor Salva, was a convicted sexual misconduct in 1988. The conviction allegedly resulted from a misconduct involving a minor whom Mr. Salva was directing at the time. At this time, we would like to remind our members and their agents under Article A2702, Safety and Welfare of a Minor, of the BC Master Production Agreement, a performer has the right to refuse work if they believe that the nature of the work is unsafe. So I'm not sure exactly what all that means, but essentially... They pulled the casting thing from uh, whatever place it was in British Columbia. So it seems okay. like Canada is going to war with Mr. Victor Salva. So this happened in 1988, you said? Yes. Yeah. And like, like he's still convicted of it? or like, Well, I'm he got confused. convicted of it. He yeah, it'll always be on his record. His, well, yeah, I know that, but like. What what did what did he exactly do? Does it actually say what he did? Um, he yeah, there I, I have read that um, it was. Uh, I know that one of them was like oral sex on a minor. Okay, well that's a little creepy. So. <laughs> I was about to say if he just like like if if it was something not not that it makes any difference. Have man. you seen Clown House, bro? Okay, wait a minute. He did the oral sex on the minor. Yeah, I believe so. I believe oh, that's right. I, I should I should fact check. Is it on his Wikipedia page? Damn it. Probably, probably. I mean, but it is Wikipedia. It could say some other nasty shit on there, too. But, well, anyways, big ups to British Columbia for taking it down. But at the same time, it's like, you know, again, stuck between that rock and the hard place. It's like, well, if we keep, you know, you know, getting rid of these okay, uh, is, postings and things like that, then <laughs> what? this movie's never going to get made. Okay, so this is, this is what he was charged with. Um, uh, contain, uh, he was in possession of child pornography. Uh, that was also found in his home. Uh, he pleaded guilty to lewd and lavasive contact conduct, oral sex with a person under the age of 14, and procuring 
a child for pornography. Uh, he was sentenced to three years in state prison, and he served 15 months of that three years. He completed his parole in 1992. Has has he like gotten in trouble for that shit ever since, or is no, it... no? He's been good ever since. Like he he hasn't done anything. Um, he you know, Clown House he he the Clown House was filmed in '88. It was released in '89. Uh, shortly either during that time of its release or slightly before or slightly after, uh, he was charged with the molestation of the lead actor in Clown House. And that's why that film has not really been released because, I, honestly, it's 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 the right thing to do. Um, you shouldn't release that. I'm sure that kid does not want... He, I'm sure he wants that thing buried. That kid probably had a terrible... Ex- well, obviously, he had a terrible experience, but it's that's that's terrible memories. I'm sure if he walks into Walmart and sees Clown House sitting on a rack, it's going to stir up some old memories, you know. So, I, I as much as I like the movie Clown House, when mm-hmm. I watch it, I can't help but notice. I mean, dude, it's it's like some of those shots and stuff is is very messed up. You know, there's there's some definite uh, creepy shit going on in that movie. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. But yeah. tough man, it's tough. Yeah, it's tough because I do like Clown House. It's a good movie. But why doesn't somebody else just direct Jeepers Creepers three? Does he have the rights to it or something? I doubt. I don't know if he has the rights to it. But I would assume that he had. You know, it's very rare that you retain like the rights to the movie. But in the case of like something like Holliston with Adam Green, uh, he did retain the rights to that, and I think he owns the rights to Hatchet as well. Uh, so mm-hmm. it does happen. It can like, happen. This guy can't expect to like make this movie with all this shit that's going on right now and some company distribute it or these actors play in it. Like, after all the shit that's going on on social media and like on the internet right now, does he really think that a, a company is going to distribute this movie like for him? Or uh, Yeah, probably. I mean, <laughs> listen, bro. Companies care about money. That's for damn sure. But yeah, I it's mean, all he about made the two movies dollar. since then. He made Rosewood Lane and Dark House in in 2011 and 2014. He made yeah. Peaceful yeah. Warrior before that in 2006. Jeepers Creepers two in 2000. Then why was this never an an issue before? Because before of social media. Jeepers Creepers is a big name. Rosewood Lane crept through. That that's a film that was very low key. Nobody was Rose McGowan's in it. I mean, hell, dude. But it's not a film that got a lot of publicity. When you announce a yeah, Jeepers yeah. Creepers 3, uh, it's going to get a lot of bigger uh, news sites reporting on it. And then that's just a snowball effect with social media. And that's kind of what happened. I, I, I predicted this shit, man. I like knew this was going to happen because mm-hmm. it's just a different beast. It's, you can't quietly creep out a Jeepers Creepers 2 like you could in yeah, 2003. Uh, you know, you, you couldn't because 2003, man, the social media was nowhere compared to what it is now, dude. I mean, it runs our lives. And, oh, it spreads like wildfire, man. Yeah. Everybody so knows. I hope the film gets made. I'm willing to – I'm not a supporter of Victor Salva. But I do believe in second chances. I, I, I'm conflicted because some things I don't are for just, sexual predators, but I mean – I don't either, but I mean at the same time, like I feel like that with all this going on right now, he should probably just hand this down to somebody else. Say, okay, I'm getting too much slack for this. This isn't worth it. You direct this movie. Fuck it. Like I, I feel like believe this movie is not going to get made. I, I think this movie is not going to get made. Uh, you want to do a wager? It, it's going to be tough, man. You want to I mean, do a if, wager? You know, if if they're dropping all these, you know, all these, you know, casting calls and like everything. I, I mean. 
who knows? I mean, if it does get made, I'll put a I'll put a wager on it that Screen Factory distribute distributes. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, it's gonna be a theatrical film, I would assume. You, really? You no. think? Yeah, dude. Jeepers uh, Creepers one and two made a lot of money. I know, but like it's different times, though, right? I don't think it'll ever get put in a theater. It'll probably go straight to video, dude. I, I would assume it's straight to – I never even thought about a theatrical for this, man. I mean I can't imagine anybody wanting the just that backlash of you know, putting that out into theaters and, oh, yeah, directed by Victor Salva. It's like, fuck, man. Try to keep it a little more low-key, I guess. You want to we'll make some money plays off out. We'll see how it plays out. Uh, after that, we have a little update on – I'll take you up on that wager, though. Yeah? What do you want to bet? That it's not going to get made, or if it's going to get made, or if it's going to go theatrical or video. Uh, let's go with the just made. Um, <laughs> oh, I'm having second thoughts. Um, you know what? I okay, we'll work something out later. We'll work something out. Uh, okay. How about we just work it out now? Uh, we'll just go. We'll just go Blu-ray. Blu-ray. Uh, fifteen to twenty dollar Blu-ray. And uh, of the sure, of the sure, winner's choice, and it has to be made by let's say 2018. So this is a two-year bet. 2018. Yeah, well, it's slated for 17. I mean, I, you gotta have a little leadway because shit gets delayed. Okay, a how about how, yeah? Okay, we'll give it right to the end of 2017, which theoretically is 2018. Right? Okay, that's fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, so Lewis out there, because I know, or Luis, I know that you're kind of the record keeper here and the bookkeeper of the 22 shots. Remember this. Remind me in uh, in two years. Oh, yeah, <laughs> he's going to hold you up to this shit <laughs> because we have established that we both have really, really bad memories. Yeah. <laughs> oh, JP won't forget about a free Blu-ray. That motherfucker is going to be on top of that shit. <laughs> that is true, man. I'm going to say it's going to be like 2019, and he's not. He's going to have forgotten, and he's going. Oh yeah, I forgot to hit up Moods about that free Blu-ray that he owes me. <laughs> Blu-ray is going to be fucking like a thing of the past at this point. There's going to be like he, something else going on. Because he always fucking wins, man. All the bets that him and Jeremy had throughout the NFL season, fuck, I think I think JP won all of them. I wouldn't have bet that this movie wouldn't have got made because I could see this movie getting made, but maybe not by Victor Salva. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think it's going to be tough now. I mean, just all the backlash. I mean, look what's happening here, you know, in BC. I mean, they're, they're already putting the kibosh on, down on that shit. You know, like even so. with all the hype, this this movie's getting like super hype because of this guy. I feel like even if he backs out of it, somebody will make it. Like because they're going to be like, okay, well, if I make this now, well, maybe know. that should be part of the bet. Then this movie does not get made by Victor Salva. There, that that would be perfect because if it if it does get passed off, I could see it getting made for sure, hundred percent. Yeah, you no, know, I couldn't bet against that. I mean, that's just crazy. It's cheaper as creepers, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't I think Z- I don't think Victor will let it go though. It's kind of his baby. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is true. Hmm. Who knows? Yeah, so anyway, let's get a little uh, extra. Let's, let's, let's turn it to a little bit more of a positive note. We got the Tales from the Crypt uh, remake TV series hitting TNT, reviving uh, by M. Night Shyamalan as the curator. It's supposed to be part of a two-hour horror block that TNT is developing, which... You know, flashback to 1995, 96. You had Joe Bob Briggs host a Monster Vision every Saturday night. Yeah, Those yeah. were the days, man. And, you know, I, and ever since then, TNT has has not been good. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing some more yeah. horror content on there. And so basically, um, 
it does seem like they are going to do a crypt keeper of sorts unfortunately hbo uh owns the rights to the style the design and the 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 you know the way the crypt keeper was done before this so that so legally they have to change it up uh it's supposed to be a episodic format there was a talk of having an american horror story style uh series where it's like a you know one main story and then it'll switch to For the a next whole season, season yeah. but i guess that it's uh sort of um they might be ch- kind of leaning this is what the article says it says they might be leaning towards more of an old school style of storytelling opposed to the episodic i'm not sure exactly what they mean by that but well what they didn't say is that it's going to be anthology based and that's just bullshit Mm, i don't know i don't know well episodic i mean it, it might just not be like american horror story it could just be like fucking I don't know, like scream. I don't even know. Well, technically, American Horror Story is an anthology of sorts. It's just each up, each story Five is season. one season. Yeah, I don't know, man. That that's kind of that's kind of stretching a little bit, but um, I don't know why they don't just why don't they just create an anthology? Mm. <laughs> you know, give the fans what they want. I mean, who wants this? I mean, American I don't Horror Story because I feel like they're not. I don't think they really have the hardcore fans in mind in this. I think they just want to capitalize on. Because uh, right now, I don't know if you've noticed, but we're, not the, back we're just... not the type of people that are making American Horror Story great right now, that it's killing in the ratings. Like us right here, the hardcores, yeah. it's not us. It's the mainstream. Know, but it's the like general audience. But at one time when Tales from, from the Crypt was, you know, popular or popular, it was it was fan base. I mean, it was us that was watching that shit. I mean, who? I don't think I mean, so. Talk- I, I mean, I wasn't. I was I, I mean, I watched it. But I, I mean, I remember my uncle and aunt and stuff would get excited for it. And they weren't horror fans or anything. I think that was made for horror fans. Like Tales from, the, Tales from the Crypt was more made for horror fans. I think American Horror Story just appeals to the masses because, you know, it's a little tamer. It's just it's a full story. It's, you know, I, I don't know. I think. I, I would tend different. to disagree because I feel like Tales from the Crypt was what a surprise. made He's disagreeing. for <laughs> – but no, I'm being serious. Like I think that based on just seeing all the popular faces, these weren't horror actors. Uh, you know, A lot of them were like Arnold freaking Schwarzenegger and stuff. Like yeah. I feel like they were trying to appeal to like the biggest audience they could at the time. And um, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the success of – like television shows are never based on how, uh, the hardcore's love for it. It's always based on how well it it goes to general audiences, how well it sort of uh, captures their attention. Because we're not big enough to really have a mega impact that keeps these shows alive for seven, eight seasons. Um, and I, I honestly think that, you know... Stuff like Scream. I don't know. I, look, I disagree, look at, man. Look at something I, like I, Scream, right? Hardcores are not into it, but it's doing really well. well. I would have been. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I know. Well, it's it's kind of teeny boppy, though. I mean, when, once you watch it, it's it's not really it's not well written. It's not that great. You know, I mean, I would have loved to have been right into it. It would have been fantastic. You know, I'm not just going to write it off because, you know, it's appealing to a whole pile of different people. I'm not that type of person, but I did watch it. Mm-hmm. Right. I just didn't think it was that great. I mean, yeah, it apply- I didn't either. It, you know, I just think it's, you know, it's for younger crowds and maybe they just appreciate it more. I don't know. I don't know. It's just different. But, you know, like I said, I would have loved to have loved it. But unfortunately, no. 
Okay, actually, you know what's funny? Uh, I didn't read, like, the rest of it to you guys, because apparently uh, he's <laughs> saying that... <laughs> <laughs> um, basically, Shyamalan is leaning towards delivering Tales from the Crypt as short, independent stories that would be more in tune with the original comics and HBO series. So Now, that sounds a little more, like, yeah. anthology-based. <laughs> <laughs> it does, right? <laughs> okay, we're, we're just going to edit out that whole past conversation. And just yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I, I told Moods before we started the show that I did. I made a mistake this this week because it was a short turnaround and I actually normally I'll read through the news I was just copy and pasting shit today so I didn't actually pre-read this stuff so I'm kind of good with the flow it is strange it actually feels like we <laughs> just recorded last week's podcast like yesterday I know it's so weird it's because so I was so like I said I was so busy on the weekend and just like holy shit it's already Wednesday like we're already recording like holy fuck <laughs> but uh, no actually no this makes for pretty entertaining when you're not reading right through it yeah I guess so <laughs> you find things out as you go along <laughs> yeah, man. I enjoy it I think it's fun alright so check this out for some news uh, Demons 3D what so uh, apparently this film is See? not 3 sum right 3D <laughs> is that how the jokes they just apply later on in the show and <laughs> I was floored by this announcement man honest to god I, would, I like stared at the screen and I was like I don't even know what to think to, about this. So weird. Continue. Uh, okay, so uh, I'm apparently it's the 30 year uh, anniversary mark coming up soon. And uh, that was last year. Was it? Okay, so yeah, so so last year it was the whatever 30 year mark, and uh, they started talking about like a 3D remake. Well, uh, Stavalti? I don't know who that is. Stavalti. Stavaletti. Uh do you know who that is, Moods? I'm not 100 percent sure who you're referring to right now. It's Italian. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna tell you that. Italian. Uh well anyway, whoever that is, he said we all wish Italian horror could return again, but we know how yeah. unlikely that is. Uh mm-hmm. we've been speaking about a new demons movie for a short time now. Dario Lombardo myself, maybe a three V D version of Demons, uh, a remake that features the old crew. Uh still Volletti speaks to the fan base that he's sure exists. We go to conventions across the world and people remember our work. So there's an audience out there for a new Demons movie. We're all sure of it. Um so yeah, I mean, th- that, is that like much of a movement? Not really. That's just sort of like saying like, yeah, it'd be cool if we did this, huh? <laughs> so uh, there's talks. There, There is talks of a <clears throat> Demons 3D. But my issue with it is if you're going to call it Demons 3D, why not just make it a sequel? Like let's drop this remake talk right away. I know, exactly. That was the first thing I said. I was like, why remake? Why not just make a Demons 3? Just try – and to do something, come up with the new screenplay, a new uh, story for it, and uh, just make a third one. Why not? I mean, if everyone wants to jump on board, like Argento and Lamberto Bava, and whoever else was on it, like uh, I don't, I'm not sure who you were referring to. Is it uh, Staval- uh, Stavaletti? I don't know how to say Italian fucking names. Hmm. Sergio Stavaletti? Maybe. Is it like Dardano? I don't it just says, I'm looking at it. It says Sergio Stilvaletti. It says they they the, the article I'm reading is from horrormovies.ca. It says Richard, like Dar- yeah, because Dardano, I know, I think he was the guy that wrote the original story or something like that. So I thought that's who you're referring to. 
not 100% sure. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not actually 100% sure who that is. Maybe he's like a producer. So I don't I'm not Yeah, well, sure. the article that I grabbed only refers to him by his last name, so Oh, weird. It says it says he's a film director and creator of special effects Italian. Oh, yeah, I think he is the the guy that did the the effects on it. That's probably right actually. <laughs> so, I'm just I just you trying to pronounce the name. I was like, I'm not sure. Yeah, he did the he did the makeup. He did the makeup for the original demons. Okay, that's okay. That's okay. That's where I was trying I to think. I figured of. that if I said some Italian name, you would have known who it was right away. I know. I was like trying. Okay, I'm, I'm like I think I know kind of who he's talking about. Yeah, the effects artist totally. Yeah. Um, which would be, you know that you know if you try to capture any of the, you know that that real demons uh, effects and atmosphere from the first, it's going to be really, really tough to do. You know, it will I think be that's probably what right now. It will come out and everybody will hate it uh, because I mean, as long as they do practical, I mean, if they, if they go the practical route, you know, and at least attempt to try to capture something, I'm not like redo it. I'm just saying capture what they did before. Um, because we know some of the, like the later Italian films that they really did, they kind of got lazy, man. Like you see CGI in there and stuff and you're just like, Oh God, this is so not 1982 anymore. Is it? <laughs> so I honestly yeah, just don't know if Argento can make a good movie anymore. And I feel that way about most of the masters. Um, and I don't know about Bava. Like, has he done anything recently? Nothing too, too recent. I mean, he did ghost son, I believe in like 06, 07. Uh, it was it was good, you know. It doesn't really. It, I mean, it feels like a an Italian film, not so much a Lamberto film. It don't. It feels different. It feels a little bit different. It's rough, um, man. Like a it's lot sad. of a lot of like the later Italian films don't have that that feel. You know, like when you watch Italian films, it just you know it's Italian right away. Oh yeah, you know, especially the ones from the seventies and eighties, dude. Yeah, they're they're just they have that type of feel to them and and look and everything and a lot of later ones don't capture that. Especially, I mean, Dario Argento's, uh, you know, the third film in the Mother's. Uh, trilogy uh, mother of tears um that's that's a great example i mean it feels like an italian film but the effects and everything are just like <laughs> it's just so awol from what you were feeling and seeing before it's it's actually crazy and and like i've heard people say that they that they love the film and stuff but i'm like why <laughs> it's so weird but that is a that's prime funny. example of what i wouldn't want demons 3 to turn out like would be you know mother tears like i don't hate that film or anything i just think that the movie felt really rushed and the effects were kind of cheaply done and stuff if they're gonna make a demons film take the time and redo it or not redo it but just do it properly who knows maybe it could kind of spark something i mean maybe we need something like this just to kind of spark like a new wave of italian cinema i mean i know kyle i know you're a well, big fan there was italian. that sandman film that argento was working on too i don't know if i know there was an indiegogo <laughs> campaign uh, and then what was the other one? They're, aren't they like remaking like Shockwaves or something like that? Uh, or what, what, what are they remaking? Tom Savini and somebody else, I think. Nightmare City. Nightmare, Nightmare City. City. That's what it is. So, I mean, the, it seems like maybe there's there's sort of some interest in, in sort of getting some of these crews together and doing these like mm -hmm. Italian films or whatever. But, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I'm all for it. Like, I, obviously, like, I would love to see – well, I haven't even seen any of the Demons films, but I mean, I would love to see any any master keep working. Like, yeah, like I, I, I still just hope like because you, you, I've always been the person that like roots for like the, you know, the 
38 year old UFC fighter who's like on a title run or something, you know, like I want to, I well, want him to define the, basically the, un- defy he's the basically odds. the yeah. underdog now. Yeah. 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 Like you just like nobody in the world expects someone to be champion again uh, yeah. or for the first time or whatever. And I always want them to be just cause it's, it goes You're against for Rocky. The norm, the, yeah, essentially. <laughs> yeah. You know, Rocky when he gets old. Um, so yeah, I always want to see anybody, add to their filmography and and even better if it could be good right <laughs> so uh, i would actually like to know what's going on with that sandman film because i know it's been in pre-production like i i check up on imdb every once in a while and i've tried to find out i can't really find anything on it so i'm wondering if it's like actually still in pre-production i thought i just seen haven't... a little movement maybe a m- couple months ago really yeah um i do you know let's did you know if it got its uh well shit it actually did get its budget um it had it it asked for a hundred and sixty five thousand dollars on kickstarter or indiegogo and it made a hundred and ninety five thousand dollars wow so it actually got its goal so so we actually have to get this film now like nice so I assume, and and that was in December third of two thousand fourteen that the campaign closed. So, hmm. um, Iggy Pop stars in it. Interesting. So I, I'm also seeing on here. I clicked on here, and Suspiria. It says is in pre, uh, the remake is in pre production right now. And Dario Argento is based on his characters and stuff. So that actually is really really happening. I don't know. That's, that's been in pre production for like four years. I know. I know. So crazy. So who knows. Uh, so yeah, that little movement on Demons Three, it was just honestly like that wasn't even worth reporting news, but it did spark a conversation. So I'm not hating on it. Uh, anyway, after that we have Legless Corpse Films yep. has acquired yep. the distribution rights to a horror anthology sequel titled Volumes of Blood Horror Stories. Uh, have you guys seen the original Volumes of Blood? No. no. Okay. I did see the edition that they were putting out. It looked pretty cool. Yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, so there's a limited still book, a Blu-ray, and a DVD all hitting April 26th exclusively at LegolessCorpseFilms.com and Amazon.com. Check it out if you wish. Uh, I don't really know much about it, but I thought it was cool looking at least. So. Yeah, the first one looks – the cover of the first one looks pretty pretty freaking sweet. Nice. Yes, yeah, definitely, definitely. Uh, so let's see what else we got here. Uh, so Kino announced The Pit on Blu-ray, which <laughs> fucking figures. I said it in my video, like my literal last DVD update. I was like, well, I scored The Pit. Uh, yeah, I know. Back <laughs> here, and, you know, <laughs> uh, I'm pretty excited about that because I'd never seen this film. Uh, and, you know, it'll probably get announced like right after I do this video. <laughs> uh, it didn't come out. It didn't get announced right after I did the video, but like a month later, which is so ridiculous. That happens to me <clears throat> so many times. Um, oh, man. Me too, man. Like with the, the Red Queen kill seven times. Yeah. I picked that up and then I posted a picture on my Instagram. And, and that very day or no, it was the next day it got announced by Arrow on Blu-ray. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> that is so good. That's just so typical. But that's amazing. The yep. pit getting released by Kino. Oh, that's so good. It's yeah. Gonna sell so well. uh, maybe I don't know what that means because I know that that initially was an Anchor Bay title, correct? Yeah. So I don't know what's up with some of the rates of their films. It seems like they kind of filter out all over the place a little bit, but not all at once. It's like very slow. Uh, so yeah, that's happening. They're also releasing the little girl who lives down the lane, which I also picked up. A couple months ago on DVD, um, so yeah, I'm not upgrading that. 
uh, <laughs> after that, um, just just kind of a last little uh, couple things here. Uh, Creep Show called. Uh, it's a, there, there's going to be a feature length documentary coming out called Just Desserts: The Making of Creep Show, uh, and only has a UK release date now, which is October. But you know, it, it, I'm sure it'll hit the US eventually. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually. I'm tripping because Synapse just announced it. I forgot about that. It's not in this article. Didn't Synapse just announce that? Uh, which one? Uh, the Cre- Just Desserts, the making of Creepshow. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. so actually uh, this article is old or something because I do remember that happening. <laughs> yeah, and then and they actually – Synapse released or announced another title today too. It was like – I'm not even sure what it was. Um but then I'm thinking to myself, like, where the hell's all the other ones? Hmm. Where the fuck is popcorn and all this other shit? Like that was announced like years ago. Yeah, right. Snap, Snaps is the weirdest company. Yeah. They've really, they they just all of a sudden announce things and they're out like next month, and then all these ones that they announce like along like the big titles, the big sellers like popcorn and all those ones. They just <laughs> there's not even updates on them. Fuck, they're a weird company, man. Um, just to let you guys know, Scream Greats Volume One which was a cool Fangoria-produced thing from 1986, uh, is supposedly going to be added as a feature on that Blu-ray release. Nice. Yeah. And the final little bit of news I have here is Scrim Factory announced The Boy Who Cried Werewolf from 1973. Yeah, I saw that today earlier on the page. Looks pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that's it totally does. awesome. I always man. get excited for those like sort of 70s, uh, early 80s ones. Expe- I really like the 70s releases. Just because it's usually 100% a film that I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this one's like super obscure too, I think. So that's really awesome. Yeah. More 70s goodness for the collection. It's awesome. The Boy That Cried Werewolf. That's a great title. Yeah, so that's kind of a shoot from the hip style news week for us guys. I uh, apologize for a little bit of the fumbles, but I think it turned out better than I expected. Good job, <clears> guys. Yeah. Chill. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. So that was uh, the news, and I guess getting into uh, mood swings here. Um, with the DVD and Blu-ray releases for April fifth, two thousand sixteen. Uh, first up, here we got one from uh, well, our good friends over at uh, Shell Factory. Scream Factory is releasing a film. I don't know. Oh yeah, this is IFC. This is an IFC from their IFC deal and it's called horror. <laughs> now the consensus on this one I've heard so far is it's that called it's hashtag really, horror hashtag. Yeah, you're right. Hashtag horror. Uh, I heard this one is like atrocious. So another one of these kind of technological horror films that apparently I've heard does not really bad things about that movie. And that's why yeah. I've not watched it. <laughs> yeah. I've heard from a couple different people that it was like atrocious. So that's not that's not exciting right there at all. Not at all. No. Um, yeah, next up here from Arrow. Uh, so if you guys did not pick up the uh, the Black Cats box set, these are being released individually now. So you can pick up Lucio Fulci's The Black Cat on a single edition for, like I said, everyone that didn't pick up the box set. So if you want that one, grab it. Uh, then we got one here from who is releasing this one? Dark Sky Films is releasing a film called Cherry Tree. <laughs> I think I heard uh, bad stuff about that actually. 
I don't know what it is about movies with Cherry in the title, but for the most part, they all suck. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, didn't, didn't I just watch a movie called Cherry Tree Lane like a couple of weeks ago? <laughs> that that was, was horrible. I was just thinking that too, man. It's like, oh, that movie is fucking terrible. Yeah, that was <laughs> so, not any good. <laughs> Cherry Bomb, horrible. Ugh. Terrible revenge film. <laughs> but I think there's a couple good ones out there. Um, but yeah, Cherry Tree. Uh, yeah, Dark Sky Films then releasing a lot of like contemporary films now. They don't really go after the older ones, which is kind of a shame because they have a really good back catalog of older films. Um, now, this release right here, I still got my copy, and I've noticed that a lot of people have already got their box set. But the Death Walks Twice box set, two films by Luciano Ercoli, uh, Death Walks on High Heels, and Death Walks at Midnight. Um, yeah, this was I know, thought that was last week's release, was it not? Yeah. I think this one just came out. Oh, maybe it was last. Yeah, it's on here. As... What, what was your uh, release of the week last week? I don't believe. I don't even know if it was that one or not. I can't. Rem- no, it says April fifth. You, uh, oh, you know what it is? This is the American release of it. That's right. It, they're a week apart. Uh, so, if, so if you're waiting on your American pre-order, which is the is better com- version because it doesn't have a stupid eighteen thing on it. But then again, you know, I get all those free points from Arrow and then I just go and buy really cool stuff for free. So I don't mind it. It doesn't really bother me. But yeah, this is the American release. It came out a week later. So um, I think it had something to do with when they got their copies in or something. I can't remember reading about that. But yeah. So another one here from Screen Factory and the IFC line. It's called The Hollow. Now, I've heard I've better heard... things about that one. I have. I have. It's just that name, The Hollow. Isn't there a couple other films with that exact same title? You know, it's not too original, so it's like another one of those things you're going to go to fucking search and then 400 films are going to come up. Hate that. It's annoying. Yeah. Really, really can't stand that. But now this release right here, I don't know what the hell's going on with this. Released by Film Rise. Oh, my God, man. These covers look stupid as shit with their Blu-ray edition on it. No, they're so freaking ugly. And I believe Film Rise just like merged with Artsploitation. They're releasing their films now and stuff, uh, which unfortunately they don't even say Artsploitation on them anymore. I saw Whoa. the new oh, film that got released. Uh, who yeah, had it? Uh, Andy. And uh, he, I actually got him to show me a picture of the spine and it just, it looks so generic and it's a burnt oh, copy. Man. It's like, wait, it's I'm a like, burnt oh copy? God. Yeah. It's a burnt on totally... demand again. Yeah. The burnt on demand. F. They apparently, st- they just was started pressing copies last year. I know. Apparently, I learned from Derek that all Film Rise releases are burn on demands because he has like three or four of them I or something. I need to pull like, in Ray and get an interview or something. I need to know what the hell is going on with art exploitation. This is getting I, like I'm getting. I love art exploitation, man. That was my highlight of my year last year for like some contemporary stuff. Yeah, man. So they released cool, some good, man. good stuff. I was having fun with those. We covered them on the show. You know, mm-hmm. the, the spines are numbered. I, I got excited to get their new releases in the mail every month. Man, dude. I know. I, I think I I think I think we reviewed like 10 films from Art Exploitation last year. Yeah, dude. It was like 10 or 11 or something like that. But anyways, getting to the film in question here, it's called The Sec. <laughs> and it's got this really, really terrible cover with this really shitty banner on top that says Blu-ray edition like JP noted. <laughs> It's awful. Garbage is what it is. It, it, it just look. It looks really atrocious. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. I don't know what the hell's up with that. But unfortunately, yeah. Um, if you're not into the burn on demand type thing, I know some people really kind of get up in arms about it, and they they get all pissy they with it. They don't work on Xboxes. Don't. Nope. 
So I've heard Andy said that he he went to go watch it and he was like, doesn't work on my Xbox. I got to watch it in the the other room. (laughs) I was like, I had to like watch all the ones that like I think I got burn on demand copy of like Der Samurai. And then I got one of uh, Horsehead. And I had to like watch him in my computer because my Xbox wouldn't play him. So I was like, this sucks. (laughs) That's brutal, man. All right. Moving along. uh, The second half of that Black Cats box set. Uh, Your vice is a locked room and only I have the key released by Arrow. Uh, yeah, so solo release of that. Yeah, that's actually really, a good really, movie. Yeah, really fantastic. I mean, Sergio Martino, you know, great Italian director. Awesome movie, though. Probably one of the weirdest titles ever. I hate that <laughs> title. I really do. <laughs> it's so giallo. It's awesome, man. It's a title I can never remember. I'm always like, your vice is a room, and I have the... Oh, fuck it. You know that yeah. vice movie? Yeah. <laughs> I can never remember. No, no, I... I remember trying to review it and or like even in the update and I kept fucking it up and I'm like <laughs> <sighs> that stuff frustrates me deeply. <laughs> um next up here we got a film called Anguish released by Entertainment One or E1 however you want to call it. I don't know man. Um <laughs> this cover man. This cover. I, I don't really know. It just got this girl standing That's on it with a knife. Just say skip. I know it just looks so beyond generic, but of course the selling point of anguish is that it says based on true events. No, it's not really. I'm just joking. That really just annoys me because most of these movies the are selling just... point, dude. The selling point <laughs> is it's from the producers of the strangers. Oh yeah. Even better. The producers oh, wow. of the strangers, Cause that means everything, right? Yeah, totally. Uh, next up here, we got one called Ava's possessions. And of course it's from our good friends over at entertainment one or E one once again, and the exorcism is just the beginning. <laughs> I love that tagline, That's man. God. It's, it's so bad. It's so bad. Like even the cover's horrible. Kind of like the font, though. I'm not gonna lie. I, no, I, I like do. That. It kind of reminds me of like either like a porno or re- like you know a late night like strip club. <laughs> yeah, man. It reminds me of the live nudes. Yeah, you know, live nudes kind of. Uh, fluorescent lights whatever the fuck you want to call them I can't remember Uh yeah you know what I mean neons yeah yeah so um, yeah and for the people that were interested in Cherry Tree it's also coming to DVD (laughs) it's on DVD (laughs) and Blu-ray because a lot of these companies man aren't doing that like you'll just have stuff on Blu-ray and then just on DVD but yeah so if you're not into the Blu-ray thing it's on DVD yeah now this is a release I'm really actually I'm pretty stoked about because this is a film I didn't really know what to expect from it when I watched it on Netflix last year and really, really fucking enjoyed it, man. I thought it was great. Released by Sony and it's called Creep. Yeah, and you now, can grab that for super, super reasonable price at $9.99 on US Amazon. On Amazon.ca, I believe it was like $18.19. No, so it's like, worth it. Kind of, I was like, what kind of fucking price is that? That's a weird price. <laughs> I, know, but I said I actually made a joke about it because our good friend Jill Ann, she posted a picture of an I of the Amazon. It was like a screenshot of the Amazon uh, order site, and it said eighteen nineteen. I was like, "What the fuck is with the price, man?" First of all, why is it eighteen dollars when it's ten dollars down in the U.S.? Anyways, I'm not going to get on that tangent again. But <laughs> anyways, it was creep- really good. I, I really what creep. It was a really good film. It was really I love the end. The it's ending was definitely it was, it was a sleeper hit for sure. It was a it was one of those films that the whole time you're watching you're like where is this going? It was so intriguing. Mm-hmm. It was intriguing. I, I really enjoyed it. So oh man, this one right here I kind of laughed about our good friends over at Entertainment One. Are they the new Wild Eye? 
great trying for to this be. Week. I think they're trying to be, man. Deadly Weekend. See, Wild Eye at least has decent covers. <laughs> nine out of Deadly times. Weekend. Wow, that, that's a fucking hilarious title. I know. I love on Amazon that it's actually spelt with three E's. It's like Deadly Weekend. I feel like, I feel like these next few we can just fucking just... Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> They're garbage. All these next ones look so bad. It's starring Sarah Jean Underwood. Okay. Um, but yeah, terrible cover arts, man. Um, I'm assuming this one right here is... No, it's from a company called Namp. Uh, whatever that is. Exit 14. And uh, I don't know. It looks like a possession type thing thing again it's kind of sick he's dead on the tom sizemore john schneider uh it's got this like dead girl in a in her wedding dress uh once she has you she'll never let you go (sighs) till death do us never part (laughs) wow it's terrible man what's all these these are oh my god it's getting even worse here's another one from four digital media Wow, it's been a while since I've had one of these on here, and it's called The Exorcism of Anna Eklund. I still can't believe they're doing these. Like, Jesus this Christ. Is, this is they incredible. We're starting to make me mad. The Exorcism of the 22 Shots podcast. Dude, listen. Okay. Like, you have the most generic cover paired with the oh most God. generic title paired with the most generic cliche paired with the most generic tagline. Paired with the most generic company that doesn't even probably exist. What the hell, dude? <laughs> like, it's like, so like, bad. We're sitting here talking shit about these movies, and they're probably, like, the best fucking horror movies ever made. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> your 1,800 Blu-rays on that. Now, I, always, I always give shit people for judging films. and stuff. I Because JP is like, trauma, every film that trauma's released, they fuck it. They suck. I'm like, you haven't seen that film. He's like, you can't judge that. But, you know, this is all fun and, you know, for fun and, you know, show purposes and stuff. But you, you got to... These legitimately look atrocious. And I like, would I'm not, not gonna... subject myself to watching The Exorcism of Anna Eklund. Ekl- Ekl- I, I have a hard time watching anything that says The Exorcism of dot dot dot. Uh, yeah. You know? Insert and, 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 like, generic name like Anna. <laughs> Anna Eklund. Like, or the Mary. Goddess. It's like the Swedish goddess. But these fuckers over at uh, four digital media here are charging 10 bucks for this thing. Oh, and of course, it's based on a true story. <laughs> no, it's not. Listen, if somebody was like, hey, I will give you this money. I want you to direct a movie. It's going to be an exorcism <laughs> movie, and it's going to be called The Exorcism of Emily Atkins. And they're like, you know, See what you you're there, not going to make any money here, but, you know, yep. I, you get to direct a movie. And, uh, you know, it's pretty low budget. The script is, you know, pretty weak. But, you know, we, we're going to touch it up a bit. I would say hell no. I'll be just like, no, I'm not doing it. I don't want to do that. That's stupid. I know, I right? Hate I, I hate I, I, totally, I, I totally feel it, man. But, uh, oh, wow. How can you so look next- at that and it not piss you off? Oh, it's just yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, honestly, I, I honestly, I just want to punch the wall. It's right like now. borderline. It's, so it's like <laughs> I'm, I'm right been out of shit. The very idea that you want people to pay for these is like criminal. <laughs> hey man, they're still making it's fucking snake oil. Damn it, the they're selling movies. us snake oil. They're still making children <laughs> of the corn movies. We can't be saying anything about movies. You know what? That are At the like... top of the show, I was going to ask you. Hey Kyle, did you hear? That our Children of the Corn show is outdated, and we're gonna have to do it all over again. To... I think I, I listened to something somewhere do where all over again. you guys were talking about that. <laughs> so was there another one coming out or something? Yep. Or... Yeah, tenth one. Children of the Corn, the Runaway. 
They should and fucking I, kill themselves. Like I kind of heard. <laughs> I kind of heard that this this new movie is like a sequel to the to the TV remake. I don't know if that's, that's 100 percent true. Street. That's what I that told is, you. That is the word on on the gangster streets. So if it is, I mean, really, we all had the remake pretty high. <laughs> Like so talking about these movies. So me and my buddy, like my buddy came down and visited me this week uh, from Philadelphia. He is the biggest Hellraiser fan that you could ever meet. This guy knows every, no, everything to do with Hellraiser. Like no matter if it's trivia or, you know, who the directors were, you know, their backgrounds, every, he, this dude knows everything. We were talking about children of the corn and we we're talking about the Hellraiser movies. And the last two, you know, movies in those two franchises were dimension extreme movies and they were fucking horrible, like Genesis and what was it, Revelations? I think for Hellraiser, I think it was like Hellraiser Revelations or whatever. Yeah, it was. And yeah, yeah, fucking like we were like, why do they keep doing this? Like they're just completely, they're just they're just continuing to ruin something that started out, you know, for the most part decent, and now with the Children of the Corn, like Hellraiser, they're talking about doing another movie. No, it, they're not talking about it. It's, it's well, they are. It's, it's being filmed. Yeah. They're, they're doing another movie for that. They're doing another movie. It's like, when will they fucking stop? Like, well, what is I'll tell you when they'll stop. They won't, they'll stop for five years, and then when their rights are about to expire, they'll make another one. We talked about it's this on the show. Crazy, you obviously yeah, do not they'll make that new Hellraiser movie. They'll make that Hellraiser movie in five days and put it out. And uh, they'll retain the rights, and then and they'll five talk about years later, a remake for five well, years. It, it, and then, I understand. I understand the concept, and we did talk about it. But the thing is, I, I want to know who the people are behind this that just think these are this is good ideas. These movies can't be making that they much don't money. Think it's good ideas. They definitely don't. They they literally probably see it as just like we have to make one or we lose the property yeah. rights. But I mean, they quite obviously they, don't care. They're not they trying do. to have original films. I guarantee you that the that they sell though. Um, because I, I remember when Revelations came out, like everybody was just so curious, and I remember everybody showing it in their update, uh, yeah. including I didn't, I don't think I made videos back then, but I did buy it a few years later, and I did check it out immediately when it came out. I personally did not find it as atrocious as most people. It is a very bad movie, but I don't know, man. I, I, my, I, have, I never watched Revelations. The, my friend, when we, were, when we were talking about it, he was like, I don't even consider that a Hellraiser movie. Well, yeah, I, I don't like, consider any of those Hellraiser movies Hellraiser movies yeah. past four because they're not. But, you know, I, I yeah, guess. they're actually not. Yeah, they're actually not. <laughs> At least Hellraiser so. was actually her Hellraiser Revelations was actually designed as a Hellraiser movie. Like this, yeah. like the skin, like the skin, the, the skin alive stuff and like coming back like it actually has Hellraiser. They brought back the old bum from the I mean, like they actually like maybe if you had like another six months of preparation and a few more rewrites of the script, you actually and Doug Bradley, you would have had a solid a little, Hellraiser. A little bigger budget, too. Yeah, that's you know, but but anyway, after that we have the hoarder. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, of course. PLT uh, made this <laughs> release from our our good friends over at Image. Now Image doesn't seem to release a whole pile of stuff anymore. Mm, I didn't probably for it, good, uh, probably for good reasons. Really, I don't think um, I had a press release on that actually. Surprise on the hoarder? Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Think I did. <laughs> but I actually th- this one made me laugh when I saw this earlier today. I was kind of looking at the releases and I was just looking at the hor- like the cover art. It says the hoarder and it's got like this really disgusting face and I think his lips are like stapled shut or something like that. I think that's what it is. I don't know. But then I read the tagline at the bottom and it just made me laugh and it said his collection is almost complete. <laughs> I just thought of us us hoarders, you know, that collect 
ridiculous amounts of movies and shit. I was like, maybe he's a maybe he's a collector of DVDs and shit. <laughs> I fucking doubt it. I doubt it, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So after the hoarder, it is Lake Fear. Lake Fear. Let's continue with the horrible names. Uh, looks like a ghostly of sorts on a lake. <laughs> well. Well, maybe, apparently I'm not I'm not doing the releases anymore, so maybe a little cabin fever type shit in there. This one is released by Entertainment One, looking as dreadful as ever. Then after that, we have Telltale. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Uh, go ahead, Nudzi. You're a Telltale. fucking dick. <laughs> <laughs> yes, from the good friends over at E1 again, Lake Fear. Man, dude, there's so many goddamn movies like this. Like Lake something, like Dead Lake, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lake Fungo. It's been, it's been wi- Eden it's actually not Lake. But those are actually pretty good films. Yeah, but I'm no, just saying Eden Lake is amazing. Yeah, <laughs> Lake, Mungo is actually pretty, Lake Mungo is actually pretty good, too. Um the tagline, it's been waiting to get under your skin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so good. Why is that one right there eleven ninety nine? All the other ones were nine ninety nine, but this one happens to be two dollars more. Did it have a little bigger budget? Maybe it's the best one. Who knows? Yeah, right. Um Yeah, so from Alchemy here we got one called The Tale. Tailheart, of course, based on Edgar Allan Poe's short story. We talked about this last week starring Rose McGowan. Yeah. I didn't know that it was that low tier of a releaser. I wouldn't have acted like I was potentially excited for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? You never know with these type of movies, though. Right? Every once in a while, I'll pop one of these things and I'm like, you know what? The production value on this isn't that bad. It doesn't happen a lot. It's usually like maybe under 1% of the time. But the point is, it happens. Yeah, so you know, maybe- sometimes you're right. You do get them. But. I just don't even like taking the risk on them. I just wait for somebody else to find out that they're good and then tell me because honestly, oh, I have so me. much good. Yeah, I have so much good stuff to watch that like I don't even want to mess with this stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's why you watch them so we don't have to. Exactly. I do everyone. I do everyone a, a solid man. Okay, Moon's question. Yes. That was the end of the releases. Unless you have yeah, anything w- else. That, no, that, that's what I have. That's okay, what I have. So, question number two. Release of the week, but I don't I know. think you can do Death Walks twice. Twice. I know. Because. It's so strange. We did it last and week. The, and I believe the odd thing is, is that I've actually picked the Black Cat set as the release before. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the you know, so does that eliminate the Black Cat and your Vice is a, 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 the Vice one? Uh, no, because I think it's technically a different release because you can only pick one. You couldn't pick both. You know what I mean? So, yeah, I guess. Well, in that case, then we're going back to Arrow and we're going with Sergio Martino's classic Giallo. Your vice is a locked room and only I have the key. I and I, I approve that, that message because I, I did really, really enjoy that one as well. And I, I looking at everything here. I mean, Creep is really good, but it's not really a release. You know, that's just a movie that, like, yeah. that at least the Arrow is a release. Yeah, I I agree with that. Okay. So, yeah. So. That is going to conclude the DVD and Blu-ray releases again for April 5th, 2016. So make sure to go out, uh, run, you know, real, real fast to the store and pick up all those E1 releases because they sound awesome. 
<laughs> do it. Don't just do it. do it. Just do it. You do know. Not do it. Don't do it. <laughs> wow. Ah, Looking at Kyle stuff. posting stuff on Facebook right now. Oh. Wow. Kyle's posting on Facebook right now? It was like 50 minutes ago. 50 <laughs> the show was longer than 50 minutes, man. You can post. Holy fucking Jeremy over here is posting on Facebook and talking to his friends. And he's like, I mean, it was related up, to the what's show, up, so I can't hate on him too much. Tell well, him what I posted. Uh, at least it, next it's week, a picture good. of Victor Salva, Justin Long, and the chick that was in the first Jeepers Creepers. And it says, hashtag never forget. <laughs> it's, it's actually quite funny. <laughs> I don't that's think like one of three things that Kyle like, has done that since I've known him. That has I don't think fun. anybody that's liked that photo understands like the humor on that. I don't know if they understand who that is that I posted. <laughs> it, like, what is the expression on Justin Long's face? Is it like pure horror? <laughs> There's a, it's like he's like I'm not telling anybody. No, he looks actually <laughs> extra happy and. Dope. It looks like he's touching like Victor Salva's touching his penis. He's smiling. Oh, that's so wrong that he looks too. Ha- he looks over happy. <laughs> yeah, he's like super smiley. <laughs> oh no, that's yeah. gross. So, All right, anyway. so moving along, what moving along mean? into yes. uh, the rest of mood swings here and uh, into the voicemails and questions. So what do we want to start with? Do we want to start with Let's the go with the questions written? We'll, we'll do with the questions first. Yep. All right, so what do we have for questions this week? Anybody know? Uh, Yeah, I do. Uh, Brandon DeWitt, he asks us, since I'm in the land down under, I'm going to leave the question here. This question is for everybody. Everyone, what is your favorite band slash artist? Oh, yeah. Favorite band slash artist. Well, my favorite group of all time is Tribe Called Quest. And then that light we unfortunately lost five dog last week mm. so i was like really really fucking destroyed it was terrible terrible news for me but yeah my favorite group is tripod quest so yeah now i'm all bummed out i don't want to do the rest of the show <laughs> <laughs> i mean i guess kyle could get, go it's gonna be something lame and stupid anyway. no i i think my favorite uh group of all time um anal just- cunt it, dude, that's a good one. That that's actually a good good pick there, Anal Cunt. Yeah, no, I fucking actually saw Anal Cunt live when I was young, but uh, I uh, I would say Deftones probably because I've always I don't even know what that band. is. You've never listened to the Deftones? Are you serious, no. JP? Like, what are they? What do they do? They're a band. They fucking have musical instruments and they yeah, bang like, up what the kind drum. Of band? They're like, I don't know what you would consider them, like, new aid, new metal, I don't, I don't know. that stuff. Um, You're the only person that's listening to this fucking podcast right now that's never heard of the fucking Deftones, I guarantee you. Uh, yeah, uh, you know, I mean, favorite band slash artist. Let me guess, Eminem. Um, yeah, probably Eminem. Hit it on the head. Eminem or Blink-182. Yeah, Blink's a good one. Yeah, yeah. You know, you've heard of Blink One Eighty Two. You've never heard of the Deftones, really? It's the same time period. Well, I grew up on Blink One Eighty Two. I didn't grow up on Deftones. Yeah, but I mean, if you were listening to Blink One Eighty Two, they were all over everything. I mostly, Deftones. I didn't listen to Blink One Eighty Two. Like I, like early on, I, I, <clears> I was raised on hip hop, and Eminem was like, you know, night, what, like ninety nine, and that was like one of my first exposures to like somebody new and you know i fucking love eminem and blink 182 i kind of got into a little bit later but when i was like sort of 
like 13-ish. But yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's that's probably mine. If I had to pick a metal band, I'm probably going to go with Amon Marth right now because I love Amon Marth. I, I just don't like metal. I like uh, In Flames a lot. That's another one of my favorites. Yeah, I get a lot of In Flames records, man. Do you know? Have you ever listened to Modern Marth before? I love Modern Marth. Yeah, I love well, Marth hold up, dude, man. I've seen like live. Dude, those guys are like fucking amazing. They're man. like fucking so, metal, dude. I just picked up their new album like yesterday or two really? days ago. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. It's really, really good stuff. You want to know what I thought Kyle was gonna say? What? One, one of the first times I met kyle he was like dude do you listen to drake been listening to this album all fucking week dude i, like, I love that <laughs> it's hey, like i love it <laughs> hey i love some fucking drake too man I ain't going oh, to you. god how much i detest drake is just like unbelievable <laughs> but you whatever, know his name like, is not really drake right how can you dislike a walking meme really <laughs> yeah, it's exactly. pretty much what he is as <laughs> a right. walking meme started from the bottom now i'm here yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's like his worst song <laughs> I fucking hate that song <laughs> uh, anyway next question uh, Kyle Dawson asks are you picking up Bride of Re- Re- Jesus Christ are you picking up Bride of Reanimator this month does the Pope shit in the woods next question <laughs> um, I am not picking up Bride of Reanimator this month uh, I have mine pre-ordered yeah from Arrow in the UK. So that is the yes. I am definitely grabbing that. I was actually on the fence about it. At first, I wasn't going to. And I was like, fuck it. I might as well. <laughs> I might as well yeah, just grab I have, it. Cause... I just bought it on DVD. So hell no, I'm not picking it up. Yeah, yeah. I, I have it on DVD. And I actually have it on VHS. So I probably won't pick it up. Uh, yeah, I really don't look, need to. Yeah, I really don't need to. But I'm just, eh, why not? So I mean, it's, that is it's a nice release. I mean, it looks really yeah. good. Mm-hmm. This is fucking. It's like insane. Some of the the releases that these films are getting. Like that's the sequel. Reanimated <laughs> yeah. trilogy, 2016. Let's do exactly. It. Exactly. Uh, so next question, Dylan Henshaw wants to know what are your favorite physical releases thus far in 2016, and what release are you looking forward to this year? Hmm. Pretty good question. Honestly, I haven't really thought of that. Moods go. Uh, some of my favorite releases from this year. Um, I have to say Monster Dog. That that was a really cool release. Very obscure film from 84, 85 with Alice Cooper. Really cool stuff. Uh, I got to say the Hellraiser set, the, the, the newer released Hellraiser set uh, that just came out. Uh, it's fantastic. It actually comes with the uh, Leviathan documentary, which I watched. Dude, really cool stuff. Uh, Arrow's Mutilator. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. boner. That's boner. Let's just read there. Pieces, man. Probably. Oh, dude, the releases is so sick, man. Bread and Circus, actually, I'm going to say because that's a real. It was a film I've been looking forward to seeing for like, you know, over 10 years or 12 years or something. And then Wild Eye of all companies end up putting this film out. It's like from the early 2000s. And I was just so happy to see it. I was like, that's the type of shit, man. You know, these older obscure films, great stuff. More Arrow stuff, Pray for Death, Rage of Honor. Not horror, but, you know classic fucking just wicked ninja films american horror project yeah that is a that probably like that in pieces are like the release of the year hmm. um yeah so, i could probably go on yeah, I go on yeah, vincent, yeah. Price's, vincent price but the one that i haven't received yet that i'm really looking forward to uh, i know it's out and everyone probably has it um right now sinful dwarf of course mine's just been on back order but the one i'm looking forward to is the killer dame set so that is the one that i'm really looking forward to 
so mine is probably it's it's a little lower tier, I guess, but uh, I I really was genuinely super stoked for Mosquito. Like that that was like one of the films that I wanted to see re-released for the longest time. So that's kind of my front runner right now. I haven't picked up a lot of the releases or any of the releases. Moods really mentioned, but like that pieces release, I really want to get. And uh, I did pick up the Vincent Price set three, but I haven't watched any of the movies yet. Uh, also, the um, what was the other one that you mentioned that I wanted? Uh, the uh, Arrow Mutal- Hellraiser set and the Mutilator. Yeah, both of those. Yeah. So those yeah. those are mine. Uh, what I'm looking forward to uh, for the rest of this year, though, uh, shit, man. I mean, I'm hoping that we see a Phantasm set. Oh, yeah, the Phantasm. Well, you know, it's supposed to be coming. Yeah. Fucking stoked about that, man. If it actually does come out, oh, that's going to be that's going to be so amazing. That's that good choice. Good choice. Yeah, yeah that, sure, that would probably sure. that Yeah, would that's probably a, that, be one to look forward to. I'll tell definitely. you a set that I was really digging though it didn't come out this year and it's surprising is the Leprechaun set, dude. The little Blu-ray set they put out. That shit's mm-hmm. dope. Those transfers are pretty good and they actually have special features, which I was like, "Wow, I didn't expect that." Except for what on the first film? Is there none on the first one? No, no. I, I haven't made my way through it, but I think there's like a four or five part featurette on each of the discs. And uh, the first part, I watched the first part on the first disc, but it's like, it's all them talking about the first Leprechaun. Like War, they got Warwick and they got the um, guy who did it, the Jones, or I forget his name, who did the first one. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really cool. Like I was like, wow, you know, these films have never see- received any love in terms of features. There's commentaries. So I was like, cool, man. So, I, you know, I can't wait to – I wish I could have watched more of it during St. Patrick's Day because I watched the first – I watched the first uh, – the second film, the third film, and the re- or the, pre- the origins. And I watched one of the special features. And, yeah, so save it for next St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. All right, Good what luck. about you, Kyle? Um, really, uh, something that a couple of releases, I mean, and these releases I do not own, which, uh, I keep putting off, um, blood rage. I, did that come out this year or did it come out at the end of last year? I can't remember. Um, uh, I, think, I think it was the end of last year. Yeah. I mean, I was, I, I've been putting that off like crazy, but I really want it. That, um, the mutilator obviously been putting that off as well, but I really want it. Uh, the audition release from, uh, arrow, um, the steel book. I really wanted that, uh, but I didn't really need it because I have the screen factory two two disc release. Um, but the steel book looked, I mean, I don't even collect steel books, but the steel book of that looked really cool. Um, and then I would probably agree with JP. I didn't really think about the phantasm release. I heard about that, but that would be a, you know, a good one to look forward to. Well, it's, it's not so. officially announced. Yeah. I mean, that would be a good one to look forward to if they did, you know, actually release it. So notice one release that none of us said. <laughs> yeah <clears throat> yeah exactly yeah okay oh, i should have added to anything modern macabre like symptoms is coming out and you know some cool stuff everything that they release is always really good so All right. always get stoked because it's always like so far in between releases so you're really really stoked for them cool yeah cool. so uh with that said let's hop into the voicemails thank you for your written questions uh, first up, we have a voicemail from the homie Rob. Hey guys, Rob from Georgia again. Uh, just happened to be on the highway driving home from my brother-in-law for uh, Easter, and 
Well, I had a thought. I just want to share real quick and a question real quick. I just made uh, another UK order and I uh, found uh, the thing, the 1951 version of the thing from another world uh, with James Arnett and, uh, and company there. Anyways, uh, the interesting thing about this pickup is um, John Carpenter provides, it's a two-disc edition, John Carpenter provides the uh, commentary track for the movie. Uh, huh. This is amazing to me because I've always thought how awesome would it be if John Carpenter, uh, you know, having done the thing and whatnot, you know, provided a commentary for the old black and white movie. And uh, sure enough, I found it in uh, on the UK site. And uh, so my question is if uh, you could pick any director to go back and do an audio commentary of an old black and white movie you love, what would it be? Or who would it be and what would be, would be the movie? And uh, anyways, I cannot wait till this movie gets to me and uh, sit there and listen to John Carpenter talk about the thing from another world, which is just freaking awesome. So anyways, just thought I'd share that real quick and a quick question, and uh, you guys take care again. All right, bye. Dude, so Rob, that is really cool that you found that because I would have never even considered to look for something like that. But that is really, really neat. I never yeah, knew that existed. Thanks for pointing that awesome. out. Uh, and also, I want to say, Rob... Look at Rob showing us some shit now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, he's always giving us props for showing him stuff, and like this is blew my mind. Like, exactly. My headphones fell That's off what my I head. was going to mention. Rob has been doing these little videos on our Facebook page where he kind of um, highlights a film that we talked about that he went out and watched or bought based on our recommendation. And I just mm-hmm. love that. I think that's one of the coolest things that anybody's ever done um, you know, related to us. Just because it's like, wow, yeah, man. man, like it, 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 one, it's very cool to see like what he actually shows. And two, it feels good to like hear that he discovered cool films based on our podcast. Right? Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So uh, what, what do you guys think about that question? <laughs> that's a that's an amazing question. Um, oh, my God, there's so many. There's like so many combinations I could put together. I didn't know about this one. You didn't send me this voicemail, so this is just off my head. Um, but the first thing I thought of was uh, Quentin Tarantino doing a uh, a commentary for Blood and Black Lace by Mario Bava. That'd be sick. Which isn't black and white. Oh, did he say black and white? He did, but I'm sure that kind of count. You know, that counts. Well, you know what? I'll just say anything. You know. The Girl Who Knew Too Much uh, by Mario Bob. That's a black and white film. So. Yeah, I mean, Sorry, honestly. Sorry, I must have the black and white part. But I just, Tarantino's such a big Italian. Like, like he doesn't even consider himself an American horror ma- or a filmmaker. You know, he just, you know, he kind of takes from other things and stuff. And I like that, though, man. He likes, he's got such a knowledge of film. And he's just such a fanboy. You know, I'd like to hear his commentary on any Italian films, really. <laughs> I think it'd be amazing. Yeah, I think that's a good go-to, man. Quentin Tarantino. I would like to hear a commentary on any film, any film that's not his. Because you know he's just going to go fanboy and he's going to tell you all this stuff mm-hmm. about it that you didn't know. And all this stuff that influenced yeah. him. Like, I, I think that would be great. That's a good, that's a good choice, Moons. What about you, Kyle? I would say... <clears throat> just for the simple fact that recently, well, not recent, really recently, but within the past couple of months, I watched for the first time Bad Taste. Uh, I would say Peter Jackson may be doing like a commentary on Night of the Living Dead because I know that he's very heavily influenced by like old school zombie stuff um, for a lot of his earlier movies. Uh, so I thought I think that would be would be a pretty cool would be a pretty cool commentary. I think. You know what's yeah, cool is that's public domain, and he could literally just do that and release it like legally. <laughs> 
Peter Jackson, yeah. do it. Come on, man. <laughs> That'd be sweet. Uh, yeah. yeah. That's not bad. Not bad. That's I'm going to go with Robert Zombie, and he's going to go back and do a commentary on The Blob from the 50s <clears> because yeah. he was once going to remake The Blob. And I'd be curious to see um, what he has to say about it. You know, it'd be interesting to see to hear Rob Zombie do a commentary of the movie White Zombie. Yeah, that, I thought about that one too. Yeah, just because you know, of course, that's what it's he named his band after. Yeah. But I just never <laughs> seen White Zombie, so. Oh really? It's it's good. It's a cool yeah. film. So uh, thank you for the voicemail, Rob. We have one more from Rob, so let's go with that one. Hey guys, Rob from Georgia here. I guess I got to redo that first one. Came in a little too choppy. It was on the highway, so uh, sorry about that. But it was Easter, so I think I said Happy Easter uh, to everyone. And uh, I think I pretty much uh, talked about uh, what happened the other night when uh, I put in my uh, at the Propagus uh, Blu-ray, and it did not. That big warning thing came up, and uh, about a heart had a heart attack. <laughs> and uh, I'm very, very thankful to the Facebook. Uh, uh, site, uh, and Gary Neal and Moods all kind of chimed in real fast and uh, kind of redirected me and what I needed to do. And uh, I think the point of that voicemail was just uh, to point out just uh, how great that Facebook uh, uh, group is, I mean, for things just like that. Um, you know, for, I was, I guess it just happened too fast and I was a little uh, too tired and, and frustrated to go looking for directions and all that stuff. And so that quick post uh, uh, got me read. You know, redirected pretty quick, and uh, that's a great thing. Uh, just having that, you know, that Facebook community that you guys uh, got going, have had going, and uh, I think I just pointed out that uh, how much I appreciate it, and uh, that it's there, and that there's a community of guys and uh, gals, I guess, and uh, that can kind of, you know, help somebody out in a, in a quick fix like that with a technological problem, and uh, so just very, very appreciative um, of that. So thanks again. Gary, Neil, and Moods to kind of bail me out that night. I probably would have had a heart attack or something. But I uh, got everything redirected and fine, and uh, that was great. So I think that was it, that first voicemail. So just, uh, uh, again, thanks for uh, for all the help that, uh, that came my way. And, oh, this story about Zach throwing his player was freaking hilarious. Anyway, <laughs> guys, peace out. Yeah, Rob. Yeah giving us props in the Facebook group, giving you guys props more so than me. But uh, I love the Facebook group. I always say that I think it's one of the best groups, if not the best group on the internet that I've been a part of. And yeah, once again, proving my point. Yeah, man. Uh, No problem, Rob. Uh, Just glad to help. Glad it worked out for you. I mean, (laughs) uh, we've all been there. Uh, Same thing happened to me a couple years back. I got my region free player. Didn't know much about them. I knew um that my dvds worked i tried my dvds right away and i think what people fail to forget is that you got to change the region for blu-ray so when you pop in a blu-ray uh and you and if you haven't changed the region yeah you'll get that warning so and then you're like what the fuck do i do (laughs) so (laughs) i literally got some help from one of my videos i was doing an update and i said well i have uh, this blu-ray i tried to pop in it was i think it was a loved ones and uh it wouldn't play and a couple people gave me some pointers and i was like oh okay that's that's pretty easy but a lot of players are different. My the one I have right now is super easy. You just turn it on by pressing the two, <laughs> so it's pretty simple. But glad you can help. Yeah, man. I mean, Rob, no so doubt, awesome. no doubt. That's uh, I, I dream of a world where we're region free. <laughs> yeah, we, we don't need these borders keeping us apart. Come on. 
these region coatings. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, uh, we got one more voicemail here, so check this one out. Well, hey there, 22 shots and moods and hard compadres. This is your boy Bubba Ray over here in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. And I just called <laughs> in to say, you guys don't give the rednecks enough love. And, and, and my boy Kyle knows exactly what I'm talking about. Being from <laughs> South Carolina and everything. But what I'm asking is, uh, what's your favorite horror movie that is based on rednecks? More important. Oh, hold on just a minute. I'm sorry. Bobby J. Bobby J. done told you put the damn possum down. Uh, uh, more importantly, what is your favorite horror villain that is also a redneck? Um, so that's all the questions I got. And um, y'all just have a blessed day, and I'll talk to y'all later. Yo, do you think that's Dracula? <laughs> Got it. it could be. What the fuck is that? Maybe we have a professional voice doer calling in. <laughs> well, somebody was reading the page today because they knew Kyle was on. Yeah, somebody it had to did, be. Didn't, and, they, and they called in. Hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. That is awesome. I love these like gimmicky like voice things because I'm just like... It, for one, that was actually really good, you know? And I give whoever did that props because Put you only get one shot, right? You get one shot, and it sounded pretty good. So I uh, <laughs> give them mad props on that. Is that how y'all talk down there, man? Yeah, man. We got these fucking, like, we got fucking cousin fuckers down here and shit. So, <laughs> cousin I mean, fuckers? Yeah, man. Fucking brother and sister fuckers. We got all kinds of incest going on down here, so that's the way they talk. That's what happens. Dude, that's fucked up, man. So, yeah, I believe the question was, what's our favorite redneck in a horror movie type deal? Something that came to mind, and I'll go ahead and start with me. Uh, The first thing that came to mind when I when he when he said that question is uh, the movie Wolf Creek, the redneck from Wolf from Wolf Creek. That just I don't know. That's I I think it's slightly different though, because that's like a outbacky. Like it's a little different than the. He's still kind of rednecky in a way. Yeah, like yeah, I guess he's like hickey. I mean, you don't have to necessarily be from the south, you know, to be a redneck. I mean, he's very Mm. hickey and like, you know, I I don't really know how to explain what a redneck is. I mean, they're fucking rednecks. (laughs) 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 Like when I look at you and say you're a fucking redneck, you're just fucking like, I don't know, trashy, I guess is the best way to put it. So (laughs) that's the first thing that just popped in my fucking mind. So So good. Um, The first thing that came to my mind was, uh, if this counts, is, uh, of course, Otis from Devil's Rejects, uh, House Thousand Corpses. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's pretty damn redneck, man. I mean, trashy, come on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, very trashy stuff. So, I mean, that was the first thing that came to mind. I just, <laughs> I don't know. I think of stuff like Deliverance and shit. Well, honestly, I was, I actually thought of Deliverance right away, but I don't, I don't know, man. Like, some people consider it a horror film, others don't. I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence with that. I think I have it in my horror collection, but I, I have it in my it. horror collection, but I yeah. wouldn't necessarily say, like, this is a horror film. Um, but it's definitely, I mean, shit, that mo- that moment, you know, one moment is more horrific than all of my horror comedies, so. I know, it's <laughs> terrible. Uh, so, yeah, that is the voicemails, fellas. Sweet. Yeah. Who did you pick? Uh, I said Deliverance. Oh, th- you were actually going with Deliverance? 
Yeah, I mean, I'm not. I I didn't I didn't really think about that question at all. <laughs> <laughs> I I thought you're just okay. I thought you just mentioned Deliverance. Okay, so the rednecks from Deliverance. Okay, yeah. I thought I thought for sure you're gonna say something like Tucker and Dale or something like that, or like, like Wrong I've Turn. Never seen Tucker and Dale. You've but never seen Tucker and Dale. Wrong Turn is like my second one, but I always feel like those are more like hillbillies. You know what I mean? Hills I have eyes. Different. <laughs> Rednecks, hillbilly. I mean, almost the same. I mean, it's all the same shit, man. They're all alternate words, I guess, for him. I mean, we got rednecks out here, man. Always fucking hillbillies. See, I don't. I'm not. I always think of like red, like hillbillies, like West Virginia, like in the mountains, and I think of like rednecks as like southern people who have Mm -hmm. rednecks. I guess. I guess there could be a distinctive slight difference between them. Yeah. 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 Mm. All right. Yeah. Cool. Um, all right. So moving along, I guess let's thank you everybody for your questions and uh, voicemails again. Um, <laughs> I don't know if that was Dracula. Maybe. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say maybe, but if it is, fuck well, man. If it's not, the we voice have is pretty two good. very talented people instead of one. <laughs> <laughs> hilarious, man. <laughs> all right. So uh, getting into a segment that we call knowledge, which we don't do every week. We just do it whenever we actually have a topic because <laughs> sometimes we're kind of lazy over here at the 22 shots production team and uh, we just don't have topics. So we just get over it. <laughs> but we need to hire I think, writers. <laughs> yeah, we, we got to hire some fucking writers, man. This is This is crazy. Um, but JP, do we have a topic this week? What is the topic? Uh, VHS. And the oh. reason I chose this topic was cause it's funny, but, uh, all three of us have sort of had like a little, uh, influx of VHS into our collection lately. Uh, mm-hmm. so I figured that we could just talk briefly about VHS and I figured we could either talk about like why it's still something that's collectible or why we're still interested in it, or how do you collect, and and what, how far are you willing to go to collect stuff like that? So, moods, you want to kick any of those questions off? Um. Well, I'll start with why I, you know, I don't, I don't go out of my way to like find every single you know tape on V or you know movie on VHS and stuff. I'll find like if I come across cool editions and stuff, I'll pick them up. Um, but I'm more about finding tapes that I that haven't been released on DVD or are like long out of print and super hard to find and are just easier to find on on VHS. Like recently, I found the uh, Amityville Dollhouse uh, tape and it was still brand new sealed. And that's exactly you know what I'm looking for because the DVD is out of print, goes for stupid prices. So, but it is I like having tapes in general because it is like a complete nostalgia thing. I think for a lot of us, um, you know, they're just, they're, they're cool to have, but most of the tapes I do have, like I said, are films that are either really, really hard to find, or they're just not even released on DVD or Blu-ray and things like that. So it's always nice, but it is nice to just kind of beat around and search for them. And, uh, you know, even, I mean, I do pick up the odd ones just for display pieces. I won't lie. Recently I picked up tales from the hood and I just display it because it's tales from the hood. It's, awesome you know so but uh yeah recently i grabbed ben and willard so that was really cool yeah that yeah. was a good find for that sure that was a good find 
Yeah. And you know, again, you know, those movies don't have DVD releases and stuff in a really, really good shape. Transfers are great on them. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, that's, you know, th- that's the reason why I like to collect. I just to go kind of back and just have that other format and stuff. And I, I don't discriminate when it comes to films. Like, I mean, honestly, if I could find the odd laser disc around, I would too, you know, I, I'd find them, you know, if I wanted to get something signed, maybe I'd grab a laser disc. I know Jeremy used to do that. And it's a really good idea because, you know, if you look at his laser disc collection, and the signatures and stuff that he has signed, uh, like on his laser, it, it looks fantastic. Like they're all framed and stuff, but there's just so much room for signatures. It's, it's like yeah, a good idea. Yeah. You know, like if you're final. going after like, yeah, if you're going after like the whole cast, it's good to have a laser disc because it's got a big cover, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it looks really cool. So, I mean, people have different reasons, but uh, that would be one of the reasons why I would do that. So, yeah. Cool, cool. Uh, me, I'm I'm right with you, man. Like. My most exciting, like, looking for VHS is either stuff that is out of print or stuff that doesn't have releases. Like, those – because then it feels like, okay, I'm actually adding to my collection of movies and I'm not just rebuying something I already own on a different format. And one of the more recent examples is I found a copy of Sometimes They Come Back Again – which came out in the year 1996, which I need to see for my 1996 and Moods' 1996 uh, top 10 show that's planned for the future. So I'm starting to pick up some of these films. And that was one that uh, did have one release in the U.S. And it was a double uh, release with the original Sometimes They Come Back and it's never been re-released. And that release has gone long out of print and it actually wasn't even very widely available to begin with because I've only seen about no. people that even have it. Uh, so yeah, and the other third film is actually kind of easier to get. But it's that second film that you can only get in that double pack that is really hard to get. So I grabbed that on VHS. But then Kyle uh, recently started uh, buying some VHS and he'll get into that in a second but he has been like showing me this group page that apparently was in the adjust your tracking documentary and I picked up a few things off of there and it was kind of addicting so I grabbed a few more things and uh, next thing you know my update has like 13 VHS in it or something crazy damn I don't, I don't think it was that many but it was it was you know probably about 10. And so I I grabbed like Phantasm for just a couple bucks and these aren't like good releases or anything but I just wanted that on VHS I grabbed uh what was it Mother's Day Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 which I was really excited about and The Wicker Man from my first thing and then I grabbed The Night Flyer which actually was a good find because that one is out of print right now and the cover to the Night Flyer is actually cool because it's like kind of shiny like that Tells from the Hood one. Uh, so mm-hmm. I, I was yeah. actually really excited to get the Night Flyer. I got it for $2 uh, and shipping, which was like 3 So I paid, I think I paid like five fifty for it altogether, an extra $0.50 cents somewhere in there. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's, that's worth it to me. So I, I wasn't complaining about that. And then I went to Goodwill the other day because I was like, okay, I'm going to like poke around and look for v- some VHS. And I found like three Star Wars VHS. I found this weird. Uh, this was actually cool because like I doubt this has a DVD release, but it's called Alien Autopsy, and it's like a 60-minute documentary on like Area 51 or something like that from the 90s, and it's like narrated by like uh, one of the guys from Star Trek. Um, I've, I don't know if it, it's probably huh. common or something. I don't know, but I, I just was like, oh, this is cool. This is like kind of horror based and i'd never seen this before so uh, this is something that is worth a dollar to me you know 
and I grabbed The Fog on VHS at that Goodwill too. So I was like, nice. they don't really have much horror. Actually, somebody told me that uh, Goodwill throws away a lot of the horror titles that they get. Which doesn't Why? Surprise me. Yeah, that's uh, that's like actually true from what I hear. Now you can go to some Goodwills and they don't. It depends on the store, but the big the big rumor is uh, within the VHS community is that Goodwill does throw away most of their horror titles, and that's that's not just Goodwill. That's most uh, thrift stores for the for the most part, like Salvation Armies. I think that that's a company policy for a lot of those companies. Well, I, they I have do. To. I do think that the Goodwill like runners or whatever are like really religious, so that would make sense. I, yeah. Somebody told me that one time. I don't know if that's true, uh, but they had like a shit ton of Disney clamshells, like a lot of them. Yeah. And I was like, should I like buy these? Like, I used to have all these when I was a kid, and then I was just like, nah. <laughs> yeah, I don't go for the Disney shit. Just the the Disney shit's so common, you can see it everywhere. It's just like it's not worth picking up. I mean, because it's it's everywhere. So, I don't know. yeah, mine has a, mine has like a whole wall of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <clears throat> crazy, but yeah, I mean, for me, I'm kind of with you guys with that. I mean. I, I haven't really picked up any. I have a couple that I have on DVD, um, but I, I recently, within the last couple of months, kind of uh, just kind of like I guess I don't really know what it, what it was, but uh, had like started to get like a passion for collecting those because they're kind of fun to, especially when you're going out, uh, you know, thrifting or going out to different uh, different stores looking for them. It's fun to look and see what you can find because it is. with D- with DVDs, it's fun too, but DVDs, there's there's ton of, tons of DVDs everywhere. I mean, you can yeah, go you're out not really gonna fight. You see a lot of the same DVDs. At least VHS, yeah. it seems like it's completely random. Exactly. So the VHS is when you're searching for the room, you're like, you hope you're hoping to find, you know, something extremely rare. Which for the most part, you it's really rare that you do, but it's still fun to, you know, it's kind of a thrill. But uh, but yeah, I mean, collecting movies that are out of print on DVD, you know, like I just ordered Tales from the Hood, that's out of print. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that it's it's cool to have those in your collection and like mood said they're uh you know they're nice display pieces i mean i just picked up from uh, a guy named dan on the facebook group uh two of the re-release wizard video big boxes uh, zombie and i spit on your grave i mean those things are like gorgeous to like to, just to put on your stand i mean like your your movie collection stand it's it's crazy how nice they look when they're sitting sitting up there so um I don't know, man. It's fun. So, I, look, I, how many have you bought since you started doing this? Ah, oh, man. I already had some. I had probably roughly around like maybe ten to fifteen um, before I started just re, you know, kind of going mostly toward VHS. Um, now I probably have I don't know, maybe thirty or forty. I think I've gotten. I yeah. uh, I just recently... they take up so much space. That's my only issue. Well, what I did was I went to Walmart. Yeah, they do. And I went to Walmart and I bought a $20 bookshelf and I just put it right there next to my DVD stuff, my like my my movie stuff and I've been putting all my VHSs on that and that thing will hold probably, you know, over a thousand VHS, you know, tapes. So, you know, not putting them with my DVDs, that's, you know. See, it, my issue is I already I'm out of space all the time for my DVDs, so I, like I would, I don't even have room for VHS. But one solution mm-hmm. that I did find was one of my shelves, uh, actually two of my shelves, uh, the ones that I didn't build, I actually bought are really wide, like thick, like deep rather. So they're like two DVD, uh, you know, two DVDs deep. So you can like have two rows, like one row covering up the other row. And I'll just put the VHS behind them because I really don't care to, like, display them that much. 
I mean, it would be nice, but I have so many DVDs that I can't really display. I, I don't have the room. So they're behind this stuff. And some of them I have out sitting up. Like I have my Tales from the Hood out, two Halloween editions out. Uh, for some reason, Jason Lives out and like The Hitcher, uh, a few different ones like that. And basically, I do own like a good bit. I probably own about 50 VHS or so i would probably say 50 and most of them are like common stuff like i have friday the 13th like one through seven and i have like all the elm streets and like blair witch and it's just a bunch of like common random stuff that i had from when i was younger uh no all horror (laughs) (laughs) i I think i might have austin (laughs) powers or something but uh yeah so uh that's kind of how i been you know handling the the extra ones that i've gotten stuff but right now i do actually have the the recent ones I picked up on like a separate shelf. But one thing that I did want to mention was I don't, I didn't only buy these to ha- to have in my collection. Like I actually watched them or some of them, or I plan to watch all of them. But the other night, you know, I think I was on a vacation from work. I was off for like four days in a row. I think it was right after we recorded the uh, top 10 of 2002 show. Mm-hmm. And I had like three days off after that. And I think we got done at super late in the morning. It was like 6 a.m. or like 5 a.m. or something crazy <laughs> like that. But I went over and I have a TV next to my bed, uh, which I don't really you know, sleep in that bed particularly because my dog's always on it and stuff and, you know, hair and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I'll chill in there and watch movies. And basically I popped in Phantasm. And it was awesome. I watched like half the movie before I fell into this like tranquil, like half like nightmare dream logic, like half like sleepy, my eyes getting heavy thing. <laughs> it's and a great it's, movie to watch when you're super tired. It, it's like, yeah, and perfect yeah. on VHS. And like I remember like feeling like I would doze off for a second and like it would be like right when the music would kick in or kick out or something. It was really cool. And I finished it up a couple nights later. But I had such a good time watching it on VHS. And I, I stand by this, that it's a different – it feels like you're watching an, a, another version of that film when you watch it on VHS. People people wouldn't understand the nostalgia feeling for it if they weren't really born, you know, late – you know, well, you know, 80s period or, you know, 90s, early 90s, before DVD took over. Yeah. It really does, for me, personally feel nostalgic because I remember yeah. when I was growing yeah. up, I had a TV in my room with a VHS player. That's all we had. And, you know, up until like, you know, the mid to late 90s, you know, even mid to late 90s, I didn't have a DVD player. I mean, my parents didn't go out and upgrade the VHS for a while. So I didn't get a DVD player till 2003. Yeah, I'm saying that's what I'm saying. So it's, you know, for me personally, it, it's a nostalgic feeling. I watched um, one of the first VHS I actually bought within, the, you know, when I first started collecting them again uh, within the last couple of months was Dawn of the Dead, the, the double VHS Dawn of the Dead that was released by Anchor Bay. I watched I just, that, popped yeah, that in. picked it up too. It was freaking awesome, man. Like, it was yeah. well worth watching. I'd much rather watch that movie on a VHS player than a DVD player any day of the week. The DVD player would be cool for the special features, but the actual film itself would be cool. It's, it's better for me just to watch on a VHS chess player so i know it was so cool man i popped it in you know a little while ago too and, and watched it on vhs and it was just like oh this is so fucking cool man awesome man. It, it just it just brought me right back and it was really cool because you know you know for years i was watching on dvd and then i got the anchor bay blu-ray and then i've got i've got three different blu-rays of dawn of the dead but you know so i've been kind of watching like on these really crisp uh, transfers and stuff but you know popping in the vhs it looked really good i was like really surprised and it just had this like 
oh, this is the reason why it's my favorite movie of all time. It's yeah, just, it's I, I so love, cool to watch it. Yeah, the, the shitty sound, you know, the the little picture kind of flickering on it. It just makes because I remember the first time I ever watched Dawn of the Dead. Um, I had a friend whose cousin was staying with him from New York, and this was in my town. His cousin brought over Day and Dawn of the Dead on VHS, and we watched them. And dude, that just brought me back. I was like, damn, dude, this is like why I'm like into horror. Like, mm-hmm. it's freaking awesome. So I don't know. For me, that's kind of why i started to get into it like lately here i've been buying a ton of vhs well not a ton but i've been buying a lot of them i'm buying dvds and blu-rays also but i've just been focusing on vhs and it might be just be like a you know i don't know like a, a temporary habit thing, thing temporary habit for a little while but it may not who knows so we'll see yeah you know yeah. It, it really is super fun to actually watch them though like i said that phantasm felt different and it, mm-hmm. I, I fell in love with the film all over again, which I don't know how many times that's going to happen, but I let it keep happening because <laughs> I yeah. love it. Um, and then I did watch Texas Chainsaw 2, which also had a very different feel. And I was like really into it again. And the, the one scene in particular was when Chop Top first enters the uh, radio station and there's like the light in the background. It just feels so cool, man. Like I, I'm, I'm – kind of rediscovering my love for vhs i'm thinking about starting to pop in some of the fridays i have those on vhs i uh, hmm. really really excited to sort of just watch some of the vhs that i have like rewatch them uh so yeah um i'm i'm down with the vhs lately hell yeah hell yeah it's awesome yeah, I mean, it's, it's cool It's cool to hear you guys are, like, into it, too. I mean, I when I first started doing it, like, JP mm-hmm. was starting to give me shit because he's like, man, you don't need to be doing that. You're going to be taking up all your space. And then JP, like, starts messaging me on Facebook. He's like, oh, I remember. Man, I'm looking at the group, man. This is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I just you know, got that's, like, fire. a total, like, my thing to do, right? Like, that's typical mm-hmm. of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, give a yeah, shit. Yeah, I remember I had this fucking VHS haul. I don't know few months back and i remember showing jp some of them and he was like holy fuck that's quite the haul yeah but i actually was excited because most of them were shit that ain't on dvd like beaks yeah well that's what i picked out like he had saved probably like 30 films and i think i picked up like 18 of them or something like that but yeah i grabbed like all the good ones and uh crocodile or alligator i mean yeah alligator and like just you know uh slithis and like a whole pile of really cool i mean that's on code red but dvd is long out of print but um yeah, that was just it. Kind of got kind of got the bug back in me. I was like, kind of thinking to myself too. I'm like, fuck, man. I wish I still had all my older tapes from like growing up mm-hmm. and stuff. Just like all the moves throughout the years from different to c- city to city and shit. Like things kind of either got wrecked or lost or you know whatever. So, but it was cool. That that was really kind of what got the bug back. You know, you see some nice tapes and you just you can't help it, man. Yeah, no, you really uh-huh. can't help it, man. Yeah. It's, I was- I was telling my buddy the other day, like I, uh, I just, I'm trying to get all the the faces of death on uh, VHS. I have part one, three, and four now, I believe. So I need like two and five. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I this guy was selling them on the that horror uh, VHS collectors unite group and didn't really have the money to get them, but he was selling them for such a good pre- price. I was just like, dude, I gotta have them, and so I just went ahead and fucking bought them. It's like one of those things where you're just like, fuck it, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they, <laughs> yeah. they don't you don't see them. They're VHS. They're, they they don't come up often. When you see them with a good price, you just say fuck it, and I gotta have it. So I don't know. Yeah, it's shit that you're just not gonna walk into your local pawn shop and find. I mean, exactly. I mean, I know like some of these places, like you know, that I used to go to. 
they don't even really have them in there anymore. Like they kind of got rid of all their VHS. Yeah, you know, yeah, like where I live, it, it's just it's really sad. And like the ones that they, they have like a little small section and they're very generic titles. And it's just like you look at it and you go, God, that's terrible. Yeah, it, it's <laughs> like, the same around where I live. I mean, I went to uh, like all around my local, you know, local thrift stores, man. They don't have jack shit VHS. They have like Titanic, like 20 <laughs> copies of fucking Titanic and Speed in there. and like all these generic titles. And it's just like, come on. I found this really strange edition on vhs of the ring the other day like the american remake uh it was actually in a like a goodwill or whatever and um <laughs> it was it was actually kind of funny it was like kitty corner to uh where all the disney one all the clamshells were and it was like the first one on the shelf and i i looked and i was like what the fuck and it was weird i'd never seen this edition before it was like in a uh it was like in a clear slip case hmm. and that was the cover it was like a clear slip case slip case huh oh, it was- it was yeah, I've never seen that. It was like, kind of like that hard material, and I know I never it up. Yeah, it was kind of weird. I'd never seen it before, but I was just like, I wasn't really looking for something like that. But I, you know, I don't know if it's common. It probably is, but I just never seen it before. But it was kind of it was different. I'd never seen. Yeah, it that sounds pretty fun. like that. Sweet. Yeah. Another thing about VHS too is they're fucking cheap as shit. Some of them. So I mean, you can like pick up VHS for like a fourth, if even, the price of like a DVD or Blu-ray. I mean, mm-hmm. you see a title you want. If you don't mind not having special features, really, uh, and maybe you know not the greatest quality, obviously, video, then you could pick it up and own it for you know fifty cents to a dollar. You know, depending on the title. So. It's yeah. you know it's some of them can be exp- it can be an expensive hobby you know getting into VHS because there are a lot out there that are expensive but you can find a lot man for that aren't that expensive I mean they're they're cheap so yeah surprisingly enough it is true uh, yeah but yeah yeah if you guys want to get into VHS or like if you guys are listening or interested in it I'd highly recommend checking out that horror VHS collectors unite group on Facebook there's about eleven to twelve thousand people on that group and they all sell. You know, VHS, horror VHS. So yeah, but it'd be man. pissing me off because I'd be messaging people and they'd be like, "Sold already, dude." I'd be like, oh. "Yeah, you got to get on there and like put your yeah, notifications it's... on and stuff." And I know I tried. I messaged a dude a little while ago and it was sold, and I was like, "Ah, lame." Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. anyway, so that's our little talk on VHS, guys. I hope you enjoyed. Yeah, VHS for life. All right, getting into the morbid fact, courtesy of Rue Morg of Weird Stats and Morbid Facts. This is coming from, well, the exact same one from last week, issue 165, the April edition of 2016, because I'm lazy like that. Uh, No, actually, I thought this one was really interesting. Um, And I just I I just wanted to I just wanted to read it out because it's just it's such a strange, odd thing. Um, But we'll get into that in a minute. Okay, a study conducted last year by the BMJ, the British Medical Journal, into the effects of horror films on their viewers concluded that people have increased levels of culagant factor eight in their blood, which are when watching a scary movie. Now, of course, I'm not just going to leave you hanging with what covalent uh, factor eight is or whatever. Um, Basically, what it is, it's like a blood clotting protein that's in your, uh, like in your blood. It's it's like an anti hemophilic factor, right? It's kind of what it is. So basically, what it is, it's like a molecule that kind of um, attaches itself to like another molecule. And when you hurt yourself, like cut your finger or get hurt, it ultimately breaks off from that other molecule and it goes and fixes your your wound. Um, but I'm thinking to myself, going, why is this? Why all of a sudden will you have high levels of this when you're watching a horror film? 
Because and why in case you die, man, in case you're getting stabbed or something, it needs to be on point and ready to save your life. I know. It's like, it's so fucking. So basically, you know, if you want to kill somebody, don't kill them while they're watching a horror film because they're not going to bleed out as fast. You know, they're going <laughs> to they're going to blood clot easier, <laughs> I guess. But I'm thinking to myself, going, why are they like studying this stuff? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a random thing to be studying. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, that's so fucking weird. I just Dude, thought we was paid really hundreds of thousands of dollars to have a chick in a fucking water house jerking off a dolphin. So, I mean. Yeah, I know. It's coagulation. <laughs> coagulation, that's the word I was trying to get out. Sometimes I can't fucking speak. But, yeah, just a, just a really odd, weird stat. Yeah, that know. one's pretty cool. <laughs> it's just weird, just strange. So, could you imagine how much? I mean, I must I, honestly, I must heal like so quick because all I do is watch horror films. Yeah, right? well, I, like, I ju- actually generator. Do, you know, you know when you go to the hospital or they like have to take blood and they poke your finger and get a little tube and try to squeeze out enough blood to get it in the tube. Yeah, yeah, they can't do that with me. They can't get it. They, it just stops bleeding instantly. <laughs> I'm, ser- I'm go, actually man. serious. I don't know what if that's good or bad or what, but hmm. interesting. <laughs> All right, Not so that even. is <laughs> that is going to conclude mood swings. Alrighty, so getting into the uh, the what we watch portion of the show, everybody knows what it is. Where we go round tree, review films, give some ratings, and uh, that's the fun. That is the fun. So who's going to start us off here tonight? I'll go first. Uh, The first film that I watched is out of the good old uh, four-pack that I was talking about, Uh, the Scream Factory four-pack. I reviewed Contamination Point Seven last week, and I moved on to Cellar Dweller from 1988. Actually has a lot of horror alum in it, and that is uh, directed by John Carl Buechler, who is, of course, the director of Friday 13th Part 7, most notably, but he also did Troll and another film, uh, The Dungeon Master. Troll! Uh, Dungeon Master, yeah. Dungeon Master, cheesy. Yeah. Troll's so, band production. Yeah, uh, actually, um, back when it was Empire, uh, yep. which is this film as well. Uh, written by none other than Mr. Child's Play himself, Mr. Don Mancini. How about that? What's this, up, Downey? Don Mancini wrote this film, and in the same year, he wrote Child's Play. Hmm, pretty interesting. <laughs> uh, so Cellar Dweller opens up, m- much like a lot of Full Moon films and M- Empire films, it opens up with something my set fav- in the past. My favorite actor of all time. Uh, and uh, who, that is... Um, uh, Jeffrey, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Combs. Combs. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it opens up with uh, Jeffrey Combs in the 50s, I believe. Uh, a comic book artist is sort of drawing this this beastly freak thing. And it's very Tales from the Crypty. Um, and, you know, there's that episode of Tales from the Crypt where the artist draws shit and it comes to life. That's kind of the deal here. Uh, this kind of, I guess it's the cellar dweller. But it, it's kind of just this beast looking thing. It actually looks pretty cool. Like I, I, I'm, I'm down with it. I like the design basically comes alive and you know uh the different things that he draws like plays out in in real life and it, then it cuts to like present day which is some years later i guess if it's set in the 50s and we have a young cartoonist who sort of goes to this little artist colony uh where she kind of revives these creatures and stuff so um 
you know, this is very Full Moon slash Empire. Uh, you know, they all have this sort of feel. And this was really back when they were making them with a little bit more budget and a little bit more technique. Uh, you think so, Moods? Back in the yeah. you know, 80s, late 80s? I 100% agree with that. Yeah, these movies always feel a little bit bigger. But they still have that feel to them. And I love that feel. It really is fun. Like, I, I enjoyed this movie. It's not an amazing movie at all. Um, but there's some cool stuff, some good gore in it, some good, you know, creature effects and stuff like that that I really enjoyed. There's some boobs in it. Um, overall, just <laughs> just a, <laughs> a nice little story that, you know, I've seen a few different times, like a few, a, a few like a lot of different times. Like yeah. throughout history. yeah, it's not overly original for sure. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so it's a story that's existed probably since the 50s. But, you know, it's cool to see it told out again. And uh, that's, that's, I mean, there's not really much to say about, to say about this one. It's fun. 6.5 out of 10. Yeah, Cellar Dweller. Did you like that one, Moons? I, I do, man. I think I'd probably rate it the exact same as you also. That seems a really fair rating for it. I think it's fun, man. I think it's fun. My only biggest complaint is I wish that, you know, Jeffrey Combs just wasn't the character in the beginning that he was actually yeah, in the right. film. That's like full moon though. They'll get they'll get like like you think of um Hickey or whatever from Puppet Master, right? Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. get him and then they kill him off in like the first ten minutes first like three <laughs> minutes. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, Kyle. What do you got? Um talk about a movie a little movie called that i watched recently called man bites dog oh, yeah. um yeah i watched that one i think i think i watched it a couple weeks ago not even a couple weeks ago um basically about a serial killer uh it's a criterion collection movie uh where this group of filmmakers follow around a serial killer on his day-to-day escapades basically um this movie is completely in, I think it's French, if I believe right. It's a French movie, uh, and it's completely in black and white, uh, and it's pretty pretty awesome. Um, there's a lot of, like, really, it's considered, a lot of people consider it a disturbing movie, quote-unquote. Um, I didn't really find it very disturbing. Um, I just thought it was really interesting and really cool, uh, the way they followed him around, and he they kind of were doing, like, a documentary on the guy, and... You know, he was kind of answering questions and then, you know, they filmed his killings and there's some people after him and they filmed like shootouts between him and, you know, other people. It, it was just really interesting to see. And then some of the filmmakers, uh, things happened to them during this this whole ordeal. Um, and it's kind of cool to see how they cope with that. I don't know. Overall, I thought it was a really interesting, cool movie. Um, I don't know when that movie actually came out. I want to say it was like the 70s or something. I mean, the whole feel. Well, actually, no, I think that movie actually came out in the early 90s. Yeah, I was going to say it looked like a 70s type or 80s type movie, early 80s, you know, late 70s. But yeah, do you get the, the impression? Do you get the impression that this movie like influenced like uh, like the Leslie Vernon film, things like that? Yeah, it, it definitely can. I could tell that there's a lot of films out there that this movie probably you know was was in an influence for. Um, it kind of reminded me in a way of uh, angst a little bit, like, I don't know, it, a little bit of angst, the way the kind of angst played out. But 
Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought the movie was awesome. Uh, it's not really horror, I guess. It's more like crime, you know, crime type movie. But you know, it still kind of fits in the genre of horror because there's a lot of disturbing, kind of you know, weird elements to it. There's so, some fucked up shit in that movie, man. There is a lot of fucked up shit in that movie. So uh, I gave it an eight point five out of ten. I thought it was pretty awesome. I definitely would rewatch that movie. Um, so yeah, yeah, man. I think it's uh, I think it's like super solid, man. Really, really, really interesting, man. I, I like films like that, though, where they kind of fall. Oh, I love films like that. That's that's one of those things that, like, I, those those kind of films, like, interest me and make me want to watch films like, like, when I see a movie like Man Bites Dog, I want to go watch movies that are, like, inspired by that and, like, movies that are like that. I know, man. It just, it has, I, I find with films like that, you never really know what's going to happen next. Like, it just kind of goes, it could go anywhere, you know, if it's filmed yep. or if it's done right. You got to go anywhere, so it has this kind of... You know, just this element of like, hey, what's what's going next? I, I don't know, man. I really enjoyed that film. I thought it was great. Yeah, it's definitely awesome. What was your rating on it again? I gave it an eight point five out of ten. Yeah, cool, cool stuff. Um, alrighty. So what I got here for y'all tonight, first film is a brand new release from two thousand sixteen, and it is uh, you know obviously a modern telling of Frankenstein. Uh, starring Carrie Ann Moss, Tony Todd's in this film, Danny Houston. Um, now, when this one uh, was was getting released, I wasn't really, you know, overly too stoked. I mean, I always get excited for Frankenstein, any type of telling of Frankenstein, because Frankenstein is like one of my favorite movies, and I every adaptation that comes out, I always want to check out and stuff. And then I seen who directed this film, and it was uh, Bernard Rose who directed Candyman, did this film. And I was like, oh, okay, now that's really fucking cool. So it's you probably got some pretty decent, you know, production value to it and stuff. And uh, yeah, this is basically what this is. It's just a modern telling of the Frankenstein story, but told completely through the monster. But in this film, he actually does have a name. His name is actually Adam. So the film starts out and it's, uh, you know, it's got these uh, scientists they are in this lab and they've literally grown the monster or Adam like in this like machine. It's like this electrical type machine. They literally just like made a human. (laughs) It's like really wild. Yeah. It's really crazy. It's not just like, you know, they shot a bolt of lightning into these body parts and like, we've got life (laughs) kind of thing. Right. It's not really like that. They actually literally like scientifically grow a human. It's really crazy. But anyways, he kind of turns out to be a little bit of a reject because his body starts kind of rejecting you know how he was made he starts kind of like deforming and he becomes really violent and stuff so ultimately they decide to kind of put him down for lack of a better term um they think that they kill him anyways he's down in the morgue he ends up escaping he comes back to life as they're ready to do like an autopsy not an autopsy but kind of actually one of the guys in the morgue was going to steal his eyeballs because they were like really cool (laughs) it's like this really (laughs) weird scene but anyways he comes back to life and he escapes and now he's out in the real world and it's set in like los angeles and it follows him and he narrates this thing is he talks normal like as a narrator um but in the film, he's really learning the ways because he's just like he's like a figment human. You know, he doesn't really know much. He knows certain things. And now he's out in the real world and he's trying to survive. And, uh, you know, later on in the film, he comes across like, you know, Tony Todd, who plays this character. He plays a bum and he's uh, he's blind. Really, really kind of interesting contrast in the characters because Tony Todd being blind, he can't see the disfigured and hideous character of the monster or Adam in this case. So they become friends and things like that. But. Um, but my thoughts on this film, this is a really, really good telling of Frankenstein. It's fantastic. This is by far the best film I've seen from 2016 so far. 
Um, this is right up there with the boy. This is really, really well made. It's a really elegant, very emotional, very heartwarming, touching story. And it's really cool. It's got like homages to, you know, the original Frankenstein. There's a scene with a little girl, but it doesn't go exactly like the original Frankenstein film. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to spoil anything, but it doesn't go exactly like that. But um, it's just got all these really heartfelt moments. Like you can tell that he's ha- he's struggling with his identity and who he is and stuff. And all he wants to do is kind of find his mom, which he calls the female scientist played by Carrie Ann Moss. He calls his mom and he wants to basically find her and he doesn't understand why they abandon her him and stuff like that so he's he's really just trying to find his way and he comes across like this dog and you know and just it's just this whole kind of you just follow this character and you just really feel for him because you know you can't really relate to him because you know you haven't really been there and things like that but it's just it's one of those type of stories where you know everything that's happening you're just like man people are shit because ultimately you see the worst in humans throughout the film because he's misunderstood. You know, he's this hideous figure. People don't understand exactly who he is and they really showcase it. Well, Bernard Rose really showcases it really quite well. I think there's a few scenes in the, in the film that could have been done just a tad bit better. Um, but you really do show how society does reflect on people that they don't understand and things that they just don't get, you know, people always go, fuck that. I hate that shit when you don't understand it. And they really showcase us super well in this film, especially with the scene where Tony Todd tries to get him laid for the first time, you know, and, uh, you know, this this whole ordeal just it spirals out of control and stuff. But it's a really emotional, well done film. Uh, I, I recommend everyone check this out, especially if you're a fan of Frankenstein or any of the adaptations. Um, this one right here just floors the uh, the 94 Mary Shelley's Frankenstein with Robert De Niro. So I'm not even a really big fan of that storytelling. Uh, this one is really good. I thought it was really great. Besides some the, the very last scene in the film, I think is pretty shitty and it does bring down my rating a tad bit. But overall, this one is really good. I think it's a really excellent, and well-executed film. Um, so I'm going to give this one about an eight and a half out of ten. Definitely give it a shot. It's just it's good. It's a really, really good film. That's actually the second review that I've heard of this film. Uh, Horror Movie Podcast actually did a review on the original Frankenstein and this one. Uh, and one of the hosts was, sounded exactly like you in terms of like excitement level. They also gave it an 8.5. Are you other, serious? Yeah, I believe the other wow. two hosts were a little lower on it and gave it around a 7. Okay. I mean, I can see, I can see that. I mean... I think the third act needs a, that's pretty much why my rating is a little bit lower. I think the whole film is really well executed until I think about the last 20 minutes of the film. I think things go a little too haywire and it goes in a direction where I'm like, okay, okay. You know, I'm kind of questioning a little bit and there is a really bad last scene in the film. Um, but overall, man, damn dude, this thing had me hooked right from the beginning. I was very enthralled and I just, I felt his pain. You know, he was literally in pain walking through the streets and he's being narrated over his real voice and stuff. And it's just it's such it's so heart wrenching, man. It's just terrible. And it just showcases how shit humans really fucking are in this world, man. That was good. Really good. Awesome. All right. Uh, back to me. Uh, this is the last regular film that I have. I do have a segment after this, uh, but it's not really horror because I, di- I didn't really watch much this week, but I figured I could talk about it since it's sort of like along the lines of exploitation. And that is The Trip from 1967. I got it from Olive Films. It is interesting 
for a few reasons, really. And one of the reasons is that it was directed by Roger Corman, but it was written by the one and only Jack Nicholson, uh, which is really? super interesting. Am I right? Yeah, that is interesting. Uh, so the trip follows a guy who is sort of um, having hard times with his professional life and personal life. So he seeks out uh, the magical, wonderful drug of uh, acid, uh, LSD. You. And he goes on a trip. <laughs> uh, and that's essentially the film. The film is kind of following this character as uh, he slips in and out of reality and sort of uh, seeing the trip unfold via visual exploration uh, in a film. And that's literally the point of this film. I, I mean, I watched Jeremy's review and he, he seems to think that there might be like a lot of social commentary there. I just think that this is a film that's trying to show you an accurate representation of a psychedelic trip. And that's, I think, the main purpose of the film. So uh, one of the things that I will say right away is some scenes work amazingly. Like, I'm just sitting there. It's like this hypnotic trance of colors and music and bodies rubbing. And it's just like, okay, like, this feels like... Um, you know, I mentioned in my review that I did on YouTube that I, I don't really have much experience with hallucinogenics, but in my head, I feel like that's kind of what it would be like from the people that I've talked to and some of the stories that I've heard and, and, you know, whatever mild experiences I have. Uh, so, you know, I do think that it is represented fairly accurate based on my own personal, uh, history I, I think that it's you know kind of accurate based on that but i i would really want be curious to somebody who has a little bit more experience with that to tell me if it is or isn't or whatever but uh jack nicholson actually wrote the film based on his own experiences with lsd yeah and that makes sense <laughs> roger corman actually took lsd in preparation for this film so he knew what the hell he's making a movie about that's dedication <laughs> Uh, so yeah I mean, method producer method director yeah so uh, <laughs> there are some scenes that are a little more like low-key there's some there's actually you know everything from like the lovey like almost ecstasy type of scenes down to like oh shit i'm having a bad trip type scenes and mm. you know for 67 it's it's really cool it definitely has that 60s vibe straight up this is like very of the time that sort of hippie movement and stuff uh overall like a very satisfying experimental watch you know it's definitely seems like a very experimental film i don't really think there's much depth there in terms of uh like real social commentary or like really saying something uh maybe jeremy saw something that i didn't uh, it's very possible. I thought it was fun and interesting at the very least, and I give it a seven out of ten. Nice, chill. Cool. It's cool stuff. Yeah. Kyle, yeah, you got one. Um, so my next movie that I'm going to talk about is another movie. This is actually a movie that you uh, kind of got me 
kind of to watch moods when you didn't get me to watch it i watched your review of it on uh, i think it was body bags and uh it is the 2000 it's it's from 2015 2015 horror film uh excess flesh um i don't know if you guys have talked about that movie on the podcast or not but no that um, was on my chat that was on my channel did you like the intro yeah, the intro was was great. <laughs> Your intros are like getting like more hilarious every time I watch a video of yours. I thought uh, it was kind of funny. Well, Steve, the reason why I did that is because Steve had actually put that pack of gummy bears in the package when he sent me the film. Oh, really? <laughs> so I was like, and I was at first, I was like, why is there gummy, gummy bears in here? And then I watched the film, and I was like. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So yeah. I decided to use it. I was like, what am I going to do for an intro? I'm like, oh, I'll do this. I'll just slow it down. <laughs> it was funny. It was very funny. Um, pretty much this movie is about uh, two roommates. Uh, one's named Jennifer. One's named Jill. Jennifer is like a really kind of skinny. To be honest with you, Jennifer's a bitch. And she's very, very skinny. And, her, and she's yeah. a bitch to her roommate, Jill. Um, and Jill has like a like a problem she like binges and i I don't know what they i guess it's like an eating disorder she has like an eating disorder basically where whenever she does eat she like purges like she eats a ton of food so she tries to maintain yeah bulimia or yeah whatever they call it so she tries to like you know get thin she wants to be just like jennifer but she can't be and then jennifer actually makes fun of her all the time for her weight issues and she doesn't have a job and you know pretty much just just mocks her all the time well at some point in the movie uh she actually takes uh jennifer hostage and i guess you can say tortures her um and a lot of things ensue i can't really get too much into the plot of this movie because it would kind of ruin the movie and the movie is a very very odd movie um i i i went into it thinking one thing or thinking a certain way it would be. And then it was kind of just very odd. Like the movie itself was just very odd. It, it got very mm-hmm. awkward in some po- uh, at some points. It was very disgusting. There's a lot of disgusting, you know, eating like close-ups of people eating food and like spitting <laughs> food and people like shoving food down other people's throats and people throwing. Yeah. Up and... I, I hate movies like that. I've seen well, a few like that. <laughs> that's one thing I did say, like, you know, the way it was filmed, it was, there's so many close-ups and just like, it really gets in your face and it's like odd and awkward and just, just utterly disgusting to watch. Like you just feel filthy when you're watching that film, right? Yeah. It was just, just like, like really gross. I watched it with my girlfriend and, uh, <laughs> I, and I did, but she likes movies like that. She actually has been begging me to watch Arzaka, the embalmer. And I don't want to watch that movie again, but, um, she likes movies like that. She likes just disgusting, like, you know, disturbing movies. So we watched it together. I downloaded, well, I actually bought it off of Xbox uh, marketplace before it came out. Um, and we watched it and, you know, we were just sitting there like, Oh, like what the fuck? I can't, cannot stand watching <laughs> that's like my big pet peeve i was like when i see you chewing food with your mouth open i'm fucking yeah. done with you like you could fuck off like <laughs> disgusting to me like and this whole movie is that like it shows people chewing food with their mouth wide open it's just because oh, yeah, she just gets really into it like the, the bitch is all tied up and then she's just like 
she's got this whole cake and she's stuffing it in her face, like in her own face. And I'm like, there's like a scene where she, it's almost degrading for her character. Like, you know, as a person to like do that film, like even herself, I'm like, man, it's like, it must take, it must've took a lot. Like, could you imagine doing takes of that shit though? Yeah. It's like, there's a scene, like there's a specific scene where she's sitting, uh, in her chair, like in like this recliner and she's very depressed and she makes like 20 bowls of like, uh, quick Mac, like easy macaroni and cheese yeah. and she's like eating it and spitting it into this fucking trash can and I, the whole time I was just sitting there like ugh like I know how do people do, and that's a real disorder too and so I'm like how do people do this shit like that's fucking disgusting <laughs> satisfy the craving until it has to come back out I guess I guess so man I don't know how people do it I gave the movie a 6.5 out of 10 I really honestly didn't really care for the movie too much I thought it was a cool you know kind of twist it kind of, kind of has like a twist at the end and the, yeah. the storyline isn't a bad movie movie but eh, it was it was not as it was just disgusting it wasn't really as yeah. disturbing as i thought it would be it was just very nasty i guess mm-hmm. i so. mean that's one thing i did say i said right off the hop i said man this is not going to be for everybody like you have to and, and the funny thing was when i watched that movie i actually wasn't feeling good <laughs> so by the end of it and i was going to do my review i was like oh my god i had to like sit down for a while it was i felt really nauseated i was like it made oh, me shit. not want to eat food like for a like, couple of hours i was just like i can't eat anything right now this is nasty <laughs> As like you can tell, most of, the gummy, most of the gummy bears actually missed my mouth. I really didn't want to eat them. <laughs> I don't blame you, man. Was, ugh. And the gummy bear scene, yeah, that gummy bear scene was gross. You like the, the scene that we're kind of talking about is this: the girl ties up, you know, the, the chubby girl that's being made fun of ties up the other roommate and just basically forces her to get on her hands and knees and eat gummy, gummy bears, and she doesn't have any use of her hands, so she has to sit there and stuff her face full of gummy bears, you know, in this bowl. It's it's just I don't know. This movie is like if you're into like gross out food movies, you would fucking love this movie. Let's just put it that way. There, there's a segment in a film called The Theater Bazaar from 2012 called Sweets, I believe, and and it's a lot of gross food eating in that as well. Ugh. Anyway, yeah, Excess Flesh. If you guys are into that, if that sounds interesting to you, I mean, it's not a bad movie by any means. It does no, have an interesting no. storyline. I did enjoy the movie for the most part for the, the storyline aspect of it, but the visual aspect of it is kind of what, you know, it, it's just kind of gross. Um, but yeah, it's not like anything, you know, you know, out there where you're going to be like, oh, wow, this this is going to give me a double. I'm going to do a double watch of this movie one day <laughs> once and you'll be like, OK, and then you'll never probably watch again. So, yeah, yeah, it would make I, I actually said in my review. I was like, I don't know what the hell's with midnight releasing, releasing the sickest fucking movies. But they released one last year called Crazy Murder. And there's just a lot of scenes with like shit in it and like a ton of shit scenes and i I said that in there i'd be like a great double i think i said make a great double feature with uh crazy murder well steve got back to me and he's just he laughed so hard i guess the the owner was watching my review and he started laughing so hard at that he's like yep (laughs) that's (laughs) hilarious it is kind of funny you know basically it is a good one man you put excess flesh on you know the food goes in you watch crazy murder it's coming out (laughs) 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 fucking gross man oh my god that's so funny (laughs) (laughs) it's terrible alrighty so next up here um, I actually just got this blu-ray in today and I actually watched one of the films or no I got it in yesterday I'm lying and brand new Screen Factory release, um, double feature with uh, Murders in the Rue Morgue and the Dunwich Horror. And now I haven't seen the Dunwich Horror in years and I wanted to revisit it so bad. Of course, based, based on the H.P. Lovecraft story, uh, starring 
um, what's his name? Dean Stockwell is in this film. I always remember Dean Stockwell from uh, Quantum Leap. Remember that show from the 80s? Oh, yeah. With Scott Bakula. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyways, uh, Dean Stockwell is quite young and it's from 1970, of course. Um, and uh, Sandra Dee is actually in this film, too. It's pretty cool. Um, but, yeah, this is kind of like one of those uh, folklore type, you know, not really gothic film, but like very kind of one of those folk type films, horror films, if that makes any sense. But, um it's basically about your character, Wilbur Watley. Uh, he shows up at the school where he wants to basically kind of, he heard that one, um, the professor there, he's a, he's a doctor and uh, he's like a professor of the occult and stuff. He has a copy of the Necronomicon and he shows up at the school and he wants to borrow the Necronomicon because he says that he's, you know, he wants to study more into the occult and things like that. Um, but he does have, you know, there is motives here. Anyways, he meets a young girl by, you know, uh, Sandra Dee's character. His name is, her name's Nancy. And, uh, well, she's exactly what he's looking for. Anyways, he conjures up a plan to have her drive him back to Dunwich, where he's from. And, uh, you know, he kind of sabotages her car so she can't leave and things like that. Um, and so she doesn't show back up at her, up, up at the school the next day and stuff. So her friend and the doctor, they they go, locking, go looking for her. And, um, you know, ultimately the doctor starts asking questions about this Wilbur character because he seems a little bit off his rocker. He's kind of a weird guy and stuff. And he finds out that his family has quite the history in Dunwich. And, uh, you know, his great grandfather, he was, you know, he was actually, you know, hung and stuff for his weird beliefs back in the day and stuff. So now it's the doctor and, and her friend are trying to, you know, basically save Sandra from what they think is what he's trying to do with this Necronomicon and things like that. So, um, yeah, that's the story of the film. Uh, now, my thoughts on this one. It's a really it's a really interesting film. I love these folk type, you know, these devil worshipping Necronomicon type stories, like because you never, you know, it, it, you know, first it's a slow burn. Let's just put it this way. A lot of the films from this time period are very they're structured very similar. You know, it's just a lot of slow build up and stuff. Even the third act in this film is I would say a little slower than you would probably hope it was going to be, but it's still very interesting. I love, I love the house that the set in um, the acting's great. Dean Stockwell does a great job as Wilbur as the, as the, uh, well, I don't really want to give too much away as basically the bad guy in the film. Um, but yeah, he does a great job. Sandra D does a great job in this one. Uh, atmosphere is fantastic. Third act just has great cinematography has so many good scenes in this. It's just fantastic. But again, this is the type of films that that's not really for everybody because the storyline is, it's kind of, it's interesting. Um, but you have to be into these, you know, these cool folklore, you know, this Necronomicon type satanic stories and kind of know like maybe like a tad bit about exactly what he's trying to accomplish. But I really do like the things that they're pulling out of the Necronomicon, like what he needs from this and all the ideas that come along with what he's trying to accomplish, I think is really cool. And there is kind of like not really twists and turns. I guess there is kind of twists and turns towards the end that are really interesting and kind of cool, too. But um Fantastic story and really good film. I, I think it's just a definitely a good release by by Scream Factory. Murders in the Room Morgue haven't seen in years, um, but uh, yeah, check out this double feature. Fantastic stuff. Dunwich Horror. I'm going to give a seven out of ten. Fantastic. Not really a whole lot to say, but it's kind of one of those films that you need to kind of see for yourself. Don't want to ruin anything, but check it out for Dean Stockwell. It does a great job. So sweet, cool, cool, yeah. cool. So back to me. It is segment time. Uh, this is my segment Horror 101 where I review a horror documentary, something along those lines, uh, based on horror movies or sometimes just something horrific. 
And this time it is based on horror movies-ish, kind of. It is Stephen King's World of Horror from 1986. It also was released under Stephen King's This Is Horror, which the whole way I found out about this was that VHS group page we referenced earlier in the show. And I seen somebody was selling uh, Stephen King's This Is Horror Volume 1. I, I, I have very little information on what this thing actually is. Because it seems like like in the UK there's like a couple volumes and then like here – I don't know. It, I, I think that it was like a long TV mini – like I don't know, like a TV like movie type documentary thing that aired on TV. It was like three hours long or something. But uh, then it was like chopped up into like VHS segments. It's very bizarre. There's like no information on it out there really. Uh, I've seen it on YouTube in four parts, so I don't know if it was just because it was YouTube or, like, there's actually four volumes. I know there's at least two volumes. Anyway, all this is is mostly footage of films that exist, like uh, Argento's Creepers, which I guess is, what, Phenomena? Yeah. Uh, and you know, uh, they, the one thing that it was kind of interesting was they, at the beginning of the first part, they showed uh, footage from Leatherface, Texas Chainsaw Massacre three, but it was like, as it was being made or something like that. So it was, it was pretty cool because, you know, it, they were showing it as like an exclusive sneak peek at the next Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, <laughs> uh, you know, and, um, that, you know, they, a bunch of other random, like random ass movies, like society was one, uh, they did reanimator, which I guess isn't too random because they're con- connected, um, you know, via director. And, you know, th- there, there's uh, all these different, uh, you know, just random ass movies. Like some I knew, like some I didn't know. And they're just showing clips from them. And then you hear somebody talk for like fucking 30 seconds. And then they just show like a two minute segment of a movie. And I'm like, what is, like, what is the point of this? Uh, so you just see a hodgepodge <laughs> of different movies, and you're like, okay. But then you start thinking, oh, like, let me put myself back in the day, and I start thinking, like, okay, like, there's there's a high probability that your video store might not have something like phenomena. You might never see it ever. You know what I mean? Well, that's just a stupid movie store. Well, I never <laughs> not, seen not to have that. anything like that. I never had a single like Argento film in my video store. I never rented an Argento film ever. Uh, really? In the huh. main video store I went to, no. Because I'd never hmm. seen any of those movies and never even heard of them until like the internet age. But it's actually not that uncommon. It's not that uncommon to not really have a lot of those Italian films because they weren't released like very widely. Yeah. Uh, so... You know, some of these mom and pop shops and some of the bigger ones wouldn't really carry stuff like that. So, you know, you rent something like this back in the day and and all of a sudden you're exposed to all these films that you might never hear of. Now that the Internet's so easy to just go find these movies, you see uh, Creepers in the, the, uh, you know, This Is Horror, whatever you want to call it. And then you're like, wow, I, I can't wait to track down that movie. Then you're calling all the video stores in your town, see if they have it and stuff. So it makes sense in that term, you know, if you really kind of put yourself in it that way, which is kind of what I did. And, but at the end of the day, I mean like every once in a while they'll start talking about something and you'll be like, Oh, that's cool. That's cool. Like, 
oh, that, that's neat. Like, they started talking about special effects and stuff. They had, like, the KMB guys. And I was like, oh, neat, neat. They're talking, like, stuff that I care about. And then it goes away. But then they had, like, Charles Band. He started talking about, like, transfers and, and different things like that. They had, like, footage from, like, the Elm Street uh, 4 where they're in the big giant, like, the, the all the bodies are, like, coming out of Freddy and stuff. And they start talking a little bit about that. It's, I mean, they have. It's such a weird. Let me let me just give you some of the movies mentioned. From Beyond, Texas Chainsaw Massacre Two, Vamp, The Tomb, Class of Newcom High, Dario Argento's World of Horror, Elm Street Two, Demons, Reanimator, Phenomena, Trancers, Toxic Avenger, Tenebre, American Wolf in London, Halloween, Suspiria, Eaten Alive. Like they just picked like Willard. <laughs> they just picked like random ass movies. Uh, but they do actually show a lot of like the uh you know 70s 80s like italian stuff which was pretty cool and argento having like long hair like because they take you on the set of uh creepers or phenomena and it's actually pretty cool like seeing the argento all young and shit like directing that that was actually neat so there was some cool neat stuff but it's mostly just footage of movies you've already seen so five out of ten on that (laughs) barely a five out of ten it should be lower interesting yeah I've, I've heard of it before i've never seen it though i guess it doesn't really sound like it's gonna be too high on my list it might be worth picking up on vhs like volume one if you can find it right around yeah and there's like how many you said like maybe four there might be four i'm not sure I didn't realize there's that many of those yeah hmm interesting kyle you got another one yeah i got i got another one i'm sure you guys have already talked about this movie on the podcast before I'm almost positive. You probably have, but I've watched it recently as of recently within the last month or two. And I fucking love this movie. Um, I actually pretty sure you guys told me you liked, you liked it a lot too. Uh, that movie is gun woman. Um, (laughs) dude, that fucking movie, (laughs) this movie, I'll kind of get into the plot a little bit. Apparently you didn't listen to the year end show. (laughs) Yeah, I probably did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. I I was going to say, I'm pretty sure you guys have probably talked about this movie like several, several times. So, um, all right. So to get in the plot a little bit on this movie, uh, there's this doctor who, uh, his, his, basically his wife gets killed by a rich, uh, like a rich, like family or rich kid. Uh, he buys this woman who's a meth addict, trains her to be an assassin to kill this person that killed his wife. Um, that's pretty much the plot in general. The movie itself is freaking awesome. I, I kept putting this movie off. I had it in my collection. I purchased it. Um, and I just kept putting it off to watch it, uh, because I just never got around to it. Finally got around to it. I did a, a mini Asian kind of movie marathon on my page with my buddy. We watched three Asian movies back to back. I, I filmed it. You can actually go to my channel and watch it. I filmed, you know, our reactions to it, our, you know, kind of us, um, you know, talking about the movie. We rated it. Uh, but dude, I love this movie. It, it, it was definitely an amazing it's one of the best like revenge movies I've seen in a long time. I mean, it was freaking crazy. Something else that was kind of crazy about it is that it was like in English and in, you know, Korean or whatever that language was, Japanese, whatever they were speaking. It was in like two different languages, which was kind of weird when it's like kind of the vibe it puts off is that it's a, you know, an Asian film, but it's got some English speaking people in it. But overall, man, I don't know, man. I, I freaking really like this movie a lot. It kept me interested the whole time. It was freaking gory. Um, it was extremely over the top. I mean, this dude, like, planted these gun parts in this woman. 
<laughs> like it, it's it's really hard to explain kind of the way this movie plays out, but uh, I highly recommend it. I actually gave this movie a nine out of ten. Um, Get so. on my level, dog. Nine point five out of ten. Chief. Whatever. I got ten out of ten on that one. <laughs> it's it's worth it's it's worth watching, man. It's freaking awesome. I I actually watched it with my buddy, and my buddy had never heard of it before, and he's like huge on Asian cinema too. And I, he probably didn't heard it, hear of it because, like I said, it's kind of it kind of puts off to be an Asian film, which it is, but it's also an American film, sort of. I, I don't know really what they what they were looking for there, but but anyway, yeah, it's. It's awesome. So. Yeah, Kyle, that made my number four. I actually did only give it a 9 out of 10. Surprised on that. Uh, made my number four of 2015. Made Moods' is number three of 2015. And actually, you must not listen to future shows because the director actually wrote us a little note and a letter in our email and said, thank you for reviewing his film and shit like that. <clears throat> so fuck off, Kyle. Yeah. yeah, man. So we have talked about this shit and even the director even commented on that shit so well fuck 22 shots of moods and horror fuck that yeah shit. we hear that a lot man we hear that a lot <laughs> sounds like my wife <laughs> <laughs> all right uh, moods wrap it up with the set last segment all right so i actually have a segment this week uh going back to my old italian stallion uh segment um because I watched a film from 1964 released by Dark Sky Films. This one's been on my radar forever to grab. I finally grabbed it. And it's called Slaughter of the Vampires. Um, I believe it's also known as something else, too. Like uh, some weird title. Um, Curse of the Blood Ghouls. <laughs> I love the word ghouls. It's so good. Um, basically, what this one is about, it's about it like a you know, a newly wedded couple who just, uh, they moved into this, well, f- just newly renovated kind of castle, of course. Cause you know, that's what you do when you get married, just move into like this awesome castle. Right. Oh, yeah, sure. Um, so anyways, one night they're having a party and what they don't know that's downstairs is there's like, uh, basically a count, like a Dracula, like a vampire that lives downstairs in their wine cellar. Um, anyways, one night their Butler goes down there to grab some wine for the party. And, uh, he basically escapes out into the party and, you know, he kind of starts to seduce the wife and um, he ultimately does, he bites her and starts to turn her into a vampire. And, uh, you know, the husband is kind of like, you know, she gets really sick and stuff and he's kind of wondering what the fuck's going on, things like that. And starts to kind of figure that, you know, something is like seriously wrong with her. So he calls up this doctor, of course, who's, who's, (laughs) <laughs> who oddly enough of course specializes in uh you know vampire killings he's like you know your your fucking van helsing you know he's like a regular people doctor but he's like van helsing too <laughs> i love that premise it's just so convenient for the storytelling right but anyways uh she ends up turning into a vampire and now these guys have got to kind of figure out exactly how to kill this vampire and you know save the day maybe ultimately kind of turn her back you know, because the doctor mentions something about, you know, giving uh, blood transfusions and things like that. But we ultimately know from watching vampire films that that's not really going to happen. So, but yeah, that's the plot of the film. Uh, yeah, 1964. Um, pretty fun film, actually. It's not too bad. There's a lot of really strange scenes in this film, I have to say. I've never really seen a vampire film like this before. Um, the vampire himself is like not what you would picture when you first kind of grab this. You know, he. He looks like, I don't even know how to say, it's almost like a 50s greaser in a way with blonde hair. It's really 
fucking strange. I've never seen anything like it before, but his acting is just outrageously hilarious too. It's just so good. He pulls it off so well. He just has this like determined look. He's like really trying to get into the party. He's really trying to scare you. And you're kind of, you're kind of believing it and you're kind of getting into it and stuff. And I thought the guy that played the, uh, the vampire, the lead vampire is just fantastic in this, but it's this really weird scene. Um, right after, you know, she gets bitten on the neck. Um, <laughs> she ultimately wakes up one night. She's sleeping next to her husband and she kind of walks outside into the garden where she meets the, uh, the, the Dracula or the vampire. <laughs> and he kind of convinces her that like, he just tells her some bullshit, like kind of sob love story and stuff like that. Hands her some flowers. It just, I, it's something I've never seen in a film before. It was just so strange to watch. I was like, so into it. I'm like, this is so awesome. It's kind of cheesy at the same time, but it's kind of well, you know, decently done. It's a very early Italian film, right? So it, you know, it doesn't quite have a lot of those, you know, kind of structured Italian, uh, you know, visuals and things. It's just, it just feels a lot different. Um, but it, you know, overall it's a pretty fun film. I mean, there's not really a lot of things to say about it. Uh, I just think that the whole Van Helsing character in this just is absolutely hilarious. Um, it's got decent atmosphere. I think there's some pretty cool nighttime shots. Cinematography is pretty well done. The acting is hard to tell because it's really poorly dubbed in English. This version that Dark Sky put out is uh, is dubbed in English, and that's the way you have to watch it. There is no Italian um, language with English subtitles, nothing like that. So you have to watch it like that. So when you're watching it, it is a little goofy at times, um, but, you know, Still not a bad film, I, I have to say. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought the uh, the castle, the setting that they used was just fantastic. I, lo- I thought it looked great, uh, especially down in the in the basement with the with the coffin and things like that. I think it looked great, but you know, not really a whole lot to say about it. I thought it was pretty decent. Um, I actually enjoyed it quite a bit, but you know, not the greatest movie in the world. Worth a look. Six and a half out of ten. So dope, dope, dope. And now, yeah, on to the featured review of the week and this week we are going to be talking about the week (laughs) i always say of the week i don't know well the reason why i do that is because why do i do that um i don't know because because we are a weekly show yeah ish (laughs) weekly ish weekly i mean that's the whole point we're supposed to be kind of doing weekly now the featured review of the week ish (laughs) weekly ish yeah is from you know, a very well-known underground director from 2006. This is like his first like structured horror film. And of course it's called the Red Redson Tower directed by Fred Vogel. Of course, if you're not familiar with Fred Vogel, he's most famous for directing the August underground films. And yeah. From the year 2006, by the way. I did say 2006. Did you? Yes, I did. Mm. I did say 2006. Didn't I, Kyle? Yep. He said 2006. Thank you. <laughs> I must have missed it when I was interrupting him. Probably. Probably. Yeah, yeah. Do <laughs> uh, I, I actually I love the I absolutely love the the uh, the synopsis on INDB here. It's awesome. A teen's girl a teen's girl psychotic ex boyfriend follows her friends to the Redstone Tower where a night of partying quickly becomes a fight for their very lives. <laughs> that's, that's I just, I just, a teen girls i just love it. a teen girls i don't wow. know man. it just sounds funny to me um yeah i mean essentially that's pretty much what it is it's it you know the funny thing about this film is like when you first start watching the movie you think it's gonna go kind of one way you know like with you know the boyfriend i mean the psychotic boyfriend is just one thing 
you know? Um, I don't know, man. When I, when I first saw this film, I just thought it was going to go a completely different way. But it didn't go that way. I so, don't want to get into spoiler territory, but uh, what are your guys' thoughts on the film? Um, it, you could actually even say, like, just take a few words out here and say, a group of teens party at an abandoned tower one night when an evil force awakens demonic spirits keep them from leaving and turn their party into a living hell do you know what that is uh that's the synopsis to night of the demons taking out the word halloween oh yeah yeah completely (laughs) completely um but you know but even the even the synopsis is wrong though it's like a teen's girl's ex-boyfriend follows her friends to the resident tower now that's kind of bullshit because they he didn't know where they were going, <laughs> so even the synopsis is wrong. He yeah. had no idea where where they were. I was actually going to bring they, that up. That's a plot hole, correct? That is a plot hole. They never, you know, because they do beat his ass down in the film, and no one ever mentions to him in any of those scenes where they're all together that they are going to the Red Sin Tower. How he finds them, I don't know. <laughs> it, it's I thought that he went at some point to. Like somebody's place, if I, were, I mean, it's been like a week since I've watched this movie, but I, I thought, I, I thought that he went to somebody's, he talked to somebody that said that they, they thought that they were going to the Red Sin Tower. No, he doesn't uh, talk. To no, he oh, talks he to his okay. boy and gets a gun off of him, but that's yeah. before they decide to go to the Red Sin Tower. Okay. That's the only, the only to a party. Yeah, the only time he ever has any like contact with his girlfriend is the scene in the, in the Quickie Mart parking lot there where he shoves around his girlfriend and he gets his ass beat down and no one says anything like hey guys let's go to the red sin tower (laughs) and then he's like (laughs) yeah like let's leave this scumbag here let's go on the red sin tower now (laughs) no that no that's interesting we get that off right away yeah that is a plot hole yeah yeah i had noticed that right away and i was like maybe i missed something um but no i i guess i didn't no, it's it's definitely not a fill in there. I mean, it it could no, I don't know. Well, uh, we'll get into that in a minute. But uh, I was gonna say, is it like a meaning behind that? Nope, no, it's a plot. no. I I don't think so. I mean, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna chalk it up to the the complete second half rewrite that they had to do for this film. Um, just based on one of the actors that got sick. Um, you know the the big the big dummy with the lisp. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he got sick halfway through the film, hence him being, you know, kind of spoilers. But he ends up getting killed off first in the film there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because he ended up getting sick, uh, like, in real life. He got, like, Crohn's disease. He had, like, those crazy stomach problems and shit like that. But um, oddly enough, he was supposed to be a character that goes a little bit further into the film. So they had to do, they had to do it like, a complete rewrite. That's crazy. I wouldn't say that's a complete rewrite. Um, well, they actually, they talk about it in the documentary and stuff and it's, it's crazy because they had him, it, it was a lot different. It was a lot different because Philly, well, I don't want to get into spoiler territory, but you know what I'm saying? But anyways, he was supposed to go a lot further. Okay. So, so, so he, he was very much more significant. Yeah. Originally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, one of the things that, uh, I, I mentioned off the top was that this is, this is night of the demons. I mean, it, yeah, or, it, it really is like, it, like even the f- whole like beginning where you're following this character and then you're in the car with these characters, like that's like right out of Night of the Demons. Like it feels like Night of the Demons. The fat guy feels like stooge a little bit. It, it's kind of interesting. Yep. It, like yep. definitely, definitely very mm. inspired by Night of the Demons. It was funny when this, when I first heard of this movie, which was a couple years after it came out, um, I kept reading, you know, things about the movie and it always, it kept getting compared to 
uh, it being an Evil Dead ripoff, you know. And yeah, I, don't, I mean, I, I say that I don't really see much. that. There's like a I little think, bit of I've, Evil Deady stuff towards the end of the film, like just like camera angles and like different exactly. stuff like that. But that's kind of a stretch. It is. I mean, I think it's more just the fact of the possession aspect of it yeah. and certain camera shots and or certain cinematography that Fred Vogel did and stuff. Yeah, but I mean, as a complete ripoff of Evil Dead, no. And I kept seeing Evil Dead, Evil Dead, and you know, Night of the Demons did get brought up, but it wasn't. It, as it's not even as. a complete ripoff of Night of the Demons. It's just like very similar in its setup, it is. but yep. the sort of you know final act and 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 stuff is pretty different. I mean, there's still like the possession and stuff, but. It's it's like different in, in what happens yeah. and shit. So but Which I, like the setup no. is definitely very like Night of the Demons either. Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately it doesn't really bother me too much because I love that movie. I know I like it more than you. And even if it was an Evil Dead ripoff, fine. I love the Evil Dead, so you know, it doesn't really uh, affect me. I, I like that too. Like I like the way Night of the Demons starts out. And I actually like the way that this film started out. Um, because it felt minus some of the like spotty acting it it really did feel like oh these are the type of people that i used to hang out with in high school like in maybe like 2008 or 2009 or whatever are you talking spotty acting by main characters or you know the parts where fred and shelby were in the film uh everybody everybody has spotty acting moments almost there's some some actually are like pretty good but like like the boyfriend yeah, I was gonna say the hundred percent overacting. The the boyfriend was really, but I think that they, I think that that was meant to be like that because of how he was supposed to be a psycho. Like, uh, you know, I think yeah, that but the thing about psychos, they actually talk about that in the documentary too. They don't really. Uh, it, the 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 performance was an over the top psychotic performance, is what it was. What what did yeah. they say in the documentary movies? Yeah. I never watched it. Me neither. Um, well, j- just about him and like real, like how he is as a real person and compared like to you know the character that he's playing and stuff, um, like completely polar opposite. But yeah, they they wanted him to be extreme, like that was actually part of it. So that was more of the direction, anyways. Uh, but yeah. they wanted him to be like crazy, crazy, like just ridiculously over the top. And so, and that's pretty much how it turned out. So that was the direction that Fred wanted. So I I, th- I don't think. A, it was the right choice, and I, I, B, I don't think that it really came off effective in that way. Uh, well, I mean, I mean, most people don't react like that when they get dumped. I mean, but there is the odd person that does. I don't know. I no, mean, it's it not is what that. It is. I've seen people go psycho over, mm-hmm. over being broken up with. It's just, it's unrealistically psycho. It's it's over the top. It's out of the realm of what uh, what the film is set in in terms of like what yeah how the other that. characters are and stuff it just it just it feels very unnatural it feels very phoned in it's just not good acting is what it is uh but that phoned was really <laughs> the, the wor- <laughs> that was really the worst of all the performances uh the every most of the other people just had little tiny moments but for there was some good acting in there too not super good but you know for low budget very very uh, acceptable well the thing is though man like you know again i don't want to keep going back to the documentary for references and stuff but most of the people hadn't really done a lot you know they they did screen i mean these weren't friends like these were actually like you know hired people for the parts and stuff like that so you know ultimately i think they did a pretty good job you know just for having little to no experience acting and stuff and kind of tough scenes like you know getting right into the opening uh 
uh, scene in the film where, you know, the main girl is being is is fucking <laughs> and that scene right there. It was the very first time they'd ever met, you know, oh. those two people in real life. So was okay. she fucking or was she being fucked? Because it kind of looked like the other one. Whatever. <laughs> I'm just Whatever. joking. I'm just joking. What, you know what I mean. But I'm just <laughs> saying. It's kind of funny when you watch when you watch a doc. It's like they had just met on the set that day. It's like, hey, get your clothes off. And, uh, yeah, that, that would be you know, very, very, kinda very, very awkward. But it comes <laughs> off that way in the film. So maybe that's good. Yep. I yeah. think it's so. supposed to. And she wasn't really supposed to be enjoying that. So, yeah. No, it worked out. It so, what's out. the doc called? And, and the odd thing is, and the odd thing is, that was actually planned. They even talk about the, how that was actually planned. So, that makes that's sense. pretty interesting. Yeah. What's the doc called? Uh, the documentary, which is on the second disc of the, the five disc set. Yeah. Does it have Do a name? Um, I'd have to, I'd have to grab it here in a second. Um, cause I was just curious cause I, I might've forgot to watch that. I didn't know he's reviewing the doc too. <laughs> Shut up. I'm just joking. <laughs> no, but knowing all the stuff. No, no, it is cool. It is it, cool. It's really interesting. No, actually. It definitely is. Definitely. The is. only thing that the only special feature thing I watched was on the first disc where Fred Vogel went back to the tower, like a long time later with his dad and like the psycho guy and like somebody else. And he walked all the way up the, the actual tower he walked up into it and was like talking about it and his town and something that i found interesting on that was that the guy that played the psycho kid is like a doctor now i was like what yeah pretty much all those people were like in college at the time and but they how they paid the bills i guess yeah you know what one of the things that i really like about the movie is much what i liked about uh the uh sweatshop that we watched a few weeks ago Mm-hmm. A few months ago at this point, uh, where I really did kind of buy into, besides the boyfriend, uh, I bought into the characters sort of dynamics and they're, and they're hanging out and they're, and they're talking to one another. And there's like, there's a scene where somebody starts talking about, uh, like how to roll a joint or like something like that. And I'm just like, I- yeah. I'm buying it. I'm with it. I'm like, okay, these people feel like sort of natural to me. Like, this is what people do. They 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 hang out. Oh, we gotta move the party. Oh, you know, like stuff like that. It felt really really cool to me. Like really of that era. That real, you know, two thousand six, two thousand nine. That era mm. was like when I was you know doing my party and stuff. So it really felt very natural. I always love that scene though too when they when everyone kind of meets up at Buddy. I think it's at Philly's uh philly's house they're in the garage there and it's like totally done up like awesome it doesn't even look like yeah, a huge yeah, garage yeah. and like yeah. the car is parked inside but they're all hotboxing the car <laughs> they're yeah. sitting in the car oh, yeah. in the garage when there's like this totally awesome setup i mean they eventually get out of it and stuff but i love that scene though man that's just that so happens <laughs> like oh, that yeah. is some real shit right there <laughs> so i thought that was pretty funny but yeah but yeah so um i don't know me personally i really like the setup to the film uh, and once they get to the tower, I don't know about you guys, if it was just me, but it seemed extra dark and, and I was actually having a bit of a hard time, like seeing what was going on sometimes. Yeah. I, I, I noticed that when they first got to the tower and they were walking around, I, my TV, I, it, well, it wasn't my TV, but like the movie itself was just filmed dark and I had yeah. to turn the brightness up on my TV to see kind of what was going on. 
Really? I don't know, man. I, I think it's because I've seen it a couple of times. It doesn't really bother me. But yeah, I think it is pretty dark. Um, it, I know that- it didn't bother me. I just couldn't see like what like they were talking. There was like actual like, you know, they were talking and they had dialogue. I just couldn't see who was talking and where they were going to. Like all I saw was like a small flashlight. Yeah. And then I saw like an outline of a face and that was all I could see. Yeah, it wasn't necessarily the talking. It was when people started moving that it was annoying me because I was like, I-, I don't know what the hell's where people are going and stuff mm-hmm. and i don't know who's who and stuff so it like that was a little problematic but that's you're gonna yeah. get that in some indie films you know especially with well uh, the, the odd thing is again going back to doc they actually talk about the lighting in that scene and they like fred wanted it really really dark um probably not that dark i don't know the thing there's is there's a I way can, to I, do dark like john carpenter's halloween is the prime oh, no. example of of how mm-hmm. to do dark and there's a way to not do dark, and that's yeah. mm, it's it's really kind of on the edge there. Yeah, because if it becomes the, if it becomes frustrating or annoying to the viewer, mm-hmm. then it's probably the wrong way. It, it's so strange. I never like the first time I watched this film, it never bothered me, which is really like interesting, it, it so. honestly didn't bother me. I just like when when it got to that scene where they first got into the tower, I I I was kind of like you know I was watching it, and then I. I got up to go get a drink and I came back and then I was still looking at a black screen almost <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Like, and then I took my TV remote and I turned up the brightness just a little bit and I could see, see that's why I stopped on. bothering you. I didn't turn. Yeah. Up. I mean, it wasn't like, it was, it's not that it was actually bothering me. I just would. That's when crazy. I, when I'm watching a movie and I, I felt like that, that there was something wrong with my TV at first. I was like, I think <laughs> the lighting is a little too low on this movie right now. I don't, like, okay. So it's a little technical. Aspect I don't really okay. think that it's necessarily, the lighting itself, I think whatever camera they used, probably some sort of lower budget like digital camera, uh, was probably just not super great in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that could be it too. I don't know. Maybe the lighting was fine and they lit it properly, but the you know the camera just that was the only good. That was actually situations. the only scene that that actually happened in. It wasn't yeah. like yeah. I mean, anything else in the movie? So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely not a huge complaint. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, your overall thoughts on the film? Uh, my overall thoughts. I mean, it's like the end like this- part. <laughs> I, I I personally thought that the. I mean, there's not really a whole lot to say. Like in the first like you know 50 minutes of the film, it's it's that, a very honestly, slow like, build. I like the first. That's like my favorite part of the movie, honestly. Like oh, the really? end stuff is cool too, but I, I don't know. Like I was really kind of digging the characters a little bit. Hmm. Well, and yeah, that's actually one thing I wanted to note about this film is that I actually like all the characters in this film too. I think like no one's like completely unlikable. You know, the only person that's complete. I think the I think the psychotic boyfriends are pointless. I, I don't well, even think he should be in the movie. Well, the thing is, I don't even really consider him. You know, that big of a. It's weird. You know, he's the such movie a big could, part though, and he's all and he's just it, it feels just wrong and it, like yeah. I know. I'm talking about like the main cast, like you know, just kind of excluding the ex-boyfriend out of here, like the the actual main cast characters. I think everyone's really kind of likable and. um you know, it's it's always nice to see in these films. It's a major, major plus. You know, where the, you know, these type of films can go so wrong when you're watching them, and the, the characters are bickering and they're making fun of each other. They're being assholes and they're being dicks and shit. And this yeah, one, I love that stuff. They're, they're not at all. They're having fun right from the start. When they get to the tower, they start, 
you know, to party. They're they're smoking, they're mm-hmm. drinking, they're they're having good times and stuff. And you know, maybe the scene goes on a little bit too long while they're partying and stuff. I don't uh, think so I, necessarily. I honestly, that was one of my complaints when I first watched. It. I was like, ah, I can do with this, you know, just a couple minutes of a montage of them partying and stuff, and that'll be it. Um, I mean, it doesn't bug me or anything. It's I, I just sometimes those scenes kind of get to me. I'm just like, okay, I get the point. You know, I. <laughs> yeah, but no. I think this. I think that a similar scene was in Sweatshop that did go on, you know, probably around the same length, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we kind of gave that one a positive for that. I, I think it just depends on the film, really. I mean, yeah. this well, one, that I one just, was like more of a rave too. A lot of more I guess colors. it was kind of the point of it, right? <laughs> yeah. So, but with this one, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to get into it a little bit there, and but yeah, I mean. You know, I think that was the biggest complaint that I heard from a lot of people about this film. It's like, oh, nothing happens for like the first 50 minutes. But it's not really that big of a deal. Yeah, I, think, it is a, I don't think nothing happens because like that. I'm like, I'm being no. honest. Like, I like the gore and stuff. But like, I really like spending time with the characters. Like the one dude, like yeah, there's just too, these man. quick little lines. Like someone says something. And he's like, shit, I haven't seen my dick in three years or something. You know what I mean? Because he's fat. Like, and I'm like, oh, exactly. it's funny. And like, it's such a small little line. It's easily passable. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, man. I I have like no complaints about it. I'm just I just it's one thing that I always hear from people and they're like, oh, this one just too much build up. It's so slow. It's so boring and stuff. I don't think so at all. I was actually really curious on here to hear your thoughts on the whole, you know, first 50 minutes of the film, because that is the major complaint. So, Kyle, did you did you enjoy the, you know, the whole build up to the third act? Yeah, I mean, it it, it wasn't bad. I mean, it the. I mean, be truthful. I, if you don't like it, you don't like no, it. No, I know, I know. <laughs> I, I I liked the film in general. It is a slow burner, like to get to the point of the movie. I mean, I, I liked the character development in the movie. I mean, it you get to learn and know who the characters are, and then you know the girl starts kind of like digging on this dude that's up there at the tower, and you know, <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like starts out like a. Uh, kind of like a, th- not like a thriller, but I don't really know. Kind of like a Degrassi episode, and then turns into like a fucking zomp. Like I don't even know what you would call the ending, but um, I mean, I liked it. I-, I didn't think it was the best thing I've ever seen. It's a low budget. When you when I go into these low budget films like this, I don't look for like you know extravagant you know things within the first half or at all in the movie. But I mean, for the most part, I didn't mind it. I mean. I don't know. I, I think my favorite part of the movie in, in general was the the visuals, man. I think that like the fucking effects were crazy. Like the one scene where the like like it showed that guy like dragging his leg across the ground and he's like missing half his leg. Uh-huh. I was like, holy shit! Yeah, it's pretty good shit right there. But yeah, it does take a long time to get to the you know to get to that point in the movie. But it, it, yeah, it goes what, pretty. What was nuts, the man. little like gothy like cat ear chick? What was her name? Uh, okay. dude, you know I'm so fucking bad with names, man. Um, I liked her. I liked her. She, I liked her too, man. I thought you know she was she wasn't like the smallest girl in the world, but like I don't know, man. There's there was something very attractive about her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of hoping to maybe see her titties in the ah, one. That was like my number one complaint. I was like, <laughs> oh, I thought she was definitely going to be the one. Doesn't seem like the main character, like the main chick in the film. Like it, it, it seems like she should be the one that was keeping her clothes on. And yeah, the other dude, I like, couldn't believe that like naked. she was naked like several times in that movie. I was like, what the fuck? This I know, it's like towards the end too. It's, it gets pretty nuts. She looks like she should be like Amish or something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that was actually good casting with her because she does sort of look like preserved and chilled back, and like she doesn't seem like she would mm-hmm. be like your. You know, speaking of the effects in the film, um, again, Kyle, I know you have the you have the edition, right? 
Yeah, yeah I have the it. Possession editions, like five discs. So watch the set on the second disc. The documentary is called Possessed, and all the making of the film, and they they go into like this whole thing about like they show you how they do the effects and stuff. It's really insane. It's really fucking like, cool how they did it, man. Like you know the scene where she's got her legs wide open and blood and and maggots and shit is pouring out of her pussy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that's like fucking real maggots and shit, and like they were like crawling back into her and like oh fuck that, it's just nasty. <laughs> like making the film's fucking nasty, man. But like the effect, like the the birth effect, yeah. super cool, super cool. Yeah, movie. yeah. You don't see that every day. No, that was a really like how they did it because like watching the film going, I can't wait to see this. Yeah, and then they show you how you how they do. It. It's really cool, really cool. But that's one thing I love about this film, man. I mean, say what you will about you know the August Underground films and stuff. They really took their time and like you know did some good effects in this. Really, really top notch in my opinion. So you, you know yeah. what, man? Like, I, I I obviously have seen two out of the three August Underground films and. Uh, I've said sort of what I thought about those in the past. And, you know, everybody always says, like, this one's really different, this one's really different. I honestly, like, even though people were saying that, I didn't really expect it to be, like, an actual movie. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? And it was. But I told you, like, like a hundred times, man. I know, and everybody did. And I did, like, expect it to be an actual movie, but not, like, not like this kind where it's, like, character development and, like, there's, like, you know, like... Like, I didn't, I, I guess I, what I didn't expect was, like, a teen horror movie. Like, I, mm-hmm. I didn't, I, I didn't expect, like, a teen movie. Because that's what this is yeah. at its core. It's a, it's a, it's a teenage horror movie. It really is. That's why I was like, it's like a Degrassi horror movie. That's why I like this movie, though, man. Because you feel bad, like, you know, when, you know, Lisp, I just call him Lisp. Um, when he, when he gets killed in the film, you're like, you feel for him. You're like, oh, man. You know, yeah, I really yeah. like his character, man, because he had like like JP brought up. He has some funny lines and stuff. He actually has a couple really good ones, like as they're driving and stuff. And it's funny because it's it's a shot of the film uh, of the vehicle when the, the van's driving away and it kind of pulls away. And then he says something kind of mutters something under his breath. I can't remember the line, but it's fucking funny what he says, well, man. <laughs> there's another line that I really liked. I'm probably going to use this in life one day where he's asked the girl. Uh, it's not that guy, but. Uh, the guy, the guy asks the girl, "Eddie, like whiskey," and he, he gives her the whiskey, and she starts drinking it. He's like, "Now just remember, the more you drink of that, the better I look." <laughs> and I was like, "All right, that's what's up. That's a good line for a bigger dude, you know." <laughs> yeah, that's good. But I, I was, I was overly impressed with some of the witty little lines in the film. Uh, for being, you know, you normally don't expect much from. You know, a film that's on this level of a budget in terms of dialogue. Yeah. So mm-hmm. anytime that you know, you know, me moods. That's one of the things that I always give props to is dialogue and yep. character yep. interactions. That's real big yep. for me because it sets the the staple for the actual movie. Like to, for me to get invested, I have to be interested in what they're saying to each other. Um, yeah. And this, I, I actually, you know. I do think that this one does a good job with that. Yeah, the yeah. interaction is great, man. I think one of the best lines actually in the film uh, actually comes courtesy of Fred Vogel himself. He gets burned bad in this. I think it's so funny. He's like, he's he's kind of he's smoking away, and Shelby's sitting on his lap, and he's like, "Oh man, what I what what would I give to go back to high school?" And then that Philly <laughs> guy pops pipes up, and he's like. What, so you could drop out again? <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good line. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. It's a fucking great line, man. I Every time I laugh at that, it's such a good one. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, like, you know, it's just one of those films where, you know, when you have that impression of the August Underground films and you go into this one, 
man, is it ever different, man? And that's one thing I was not expecting the first time I watched this film was, you know, the comedic elements to it too that mm-hmm. really do work. They're not over the top. I think they're they're executed perfectly, almost naturally. It's just yeah, you know, a no, bunch it's of very guys natural. Around. It's like a bunch and, of guys fucking with each other and like ripping on each other. Yeah, but, like that's that's my style of movie right there. Like I like stuff like that. Yeah, and, and they pull it off so well. Like, you don't just go, oh, yeah, that was kind of fucking cheesy or whatever. But, no, it just it works. Mm-hmm. It really does work. And that's what sells the whole film. And, you know, again, going back to, oh, people with their 50 minutes of build up, blah, blah, so fucking boring. I don't think this shit was boring at all. Me neither. I just – I don't see it, man. I don't see it. I really do like it. And, <laughs> and I think that's what it comes down to is that people just want to get into the gore. They're like, oh, yeah, it's so gory, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you get your, you know, your third act is pretty gory, but, mm-hmm. you know, there's more to filmmaking than just having these effects. And this is what yeah. he tried to create. And he did. He wanted to create. A, OK, the storyline's not the most complex thing in the world. We we've we understand that it doesn't have to be. We've understood from watching many films over the years that sometimes the simplest storylines can be the most effective films. Mm-hmm. It's just on how you do it and how you execute it. And I think for the most part, I think this film is executed pretty well. And I, I honestly, I love when the shit starts going down in the end of the film. You know, yeah, I, I yeah, really yeah. Do. they, they do like a really good bright light mm-hmm. um, lighting as well. Uh, I that, like. Okay. okay, sorry, sorry. I honestly love when uh, the bigger guy he tells the story of of the Redson Tower, like his oh, version yeah. of Redson. Like, and then everyone's like, "Oh, what the fuck, man!" <laughs> like, <laughs> like goddamn, bro, that was a fucked up story. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck that! Don't be telling that shit. It's really dark in here, man. And we're and we're smoking and we're drinking. <laughs> yeah, you're gonna make Good me shit. paranoid. You're making but, me fucking paranoid. Um, one one of the things that I wanted to ask. Now, Moods, you sent me a DVD copy that was the original release disc, but they sent out replacement discs. So on my version, the film ends, or at least I assume it ends, and then it just starts back over like 10 minutes before again. That's not actually in the movie, right? That's what no, no. The disc. No, like the end of the, like, the scene where dude's walking. Yeah, yeah, path. yeah. Yeah, and it, that goes on. And that was again done purposely too. He wanted the guy to suffer while he's, you know, carrying <laughs> a body. But yeah, so no, it just ends. It just ends. Okay, yeah, because I was like, oh wait, I mean, there's like a plot twist or something. I'm supposed to like pick up something here. <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you about that. It's gonna yeah. jump back into it. Yeah, that's right. It's, there was something wrong with. Yeah, the, and I didn't think of it up. at the time, but then after it was over, I was like, wait, I was like, oh wait, wasn't there something wrong with this? Is now I have it. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, but no, I mean. I don't really have much else to say. I, I will say that the final, like, like the final big moment was like really well done. Uh, some of mm-hmm. some really top notch, like effects and just uh, direction there. Yeah, I, I honestly I love the end shot in this film. I think it's so good. I think it's kind of cool how he did it, man. You know, he's just I'm gonna I'm gonna play this thing out for as long as I can, yeah. <laughs> as long as I can see, man. Um, but yeah, man, I don't know, man. I, I I just really enjoy this film. I really do. I really do. One thing I, I noticed about this film that you guys might not notice just because I go back to my background in sound, but the sound design in this film is really good because this is a remastered version and they put a lot of effort into like the sound design and like kind of amping it up and getting the right sounds because if you notice while they're in the tower, you, there's a lot of reverb and stuff like that when they're talking. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's that's natural. That's that's how it's supposed to sound. When you watch films and they're in a setting like that and you're not getting that natural reverb and it just sounds kind of, it sounds like you're in a basement with, with carpet, that's not right. 
<laughs> it should sound like there's reverb and it should sound like you're in a big space and, you know, kind of get that natural echo. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that and certain sound effects and stuff that are panned around quite well and the music and stuff. Everything fits really well. I think they did a really, really good job with it. So hell yeah. Yeah. Are you want to go into final thoughts and ratings? Yeah. Kyle, do you want to start? Yeah, I mean, overall, I I did enjoy this movie. I mean, yeah, it was a slow burner, like I was saying. Like the first half, the first half of the movie is a slow burner, but it does have a lot of character development in it, which I liked. I, I really, I really, really enjoyed the effects of this movie. Like I, I was very floored by a lot of the things I saw, which doesn't surprise me really from seeing. I mean, August Underground movies are, you know, they're not the greatest movies in the world, but they do have a lot of fucked up scenes and fucked up things they, you know, effects and stuff in those movies. But, I mean, it, it overall, it's, it's an actual movie, like JP said. It's a good movie. You know, for the most part, it's a good movie. It's not a bad movie or anything. There is a lot of really bad acting at some points, but it's it's overlookable because of, like, the plot's pretty interesting and the effects are really good. Um, I gave this movie a 7 out of 10. All right. Cool. I'll go next. Uh, yeah, um, it's an actual movie. That's that's for sure. Uh, it has a lot of uh, cool things about it, uh, such as what you know some people would consider the slow burn nature of it. I I flipped that and I say that's a positive. I think that they handled that all really well, and Hell I yeah. think that it all makes the end scenes better. And I, honestly, like I didn't even consider it a slow burn. I got to be honest when I was watching it. Uh, the only like major issue I have is the psychotic boyfriend. Like, take him out of the movie. Like, he is completely a unnecessarily inserted character that I, I don't really feel like adds anything to the film, and I think it actually hurts it. There's one scene where he goes to his buddy's house to get the gun that was kind of funny, but at the end of the day, like, I don't even need funny from that. Like, I don't need funny from the psychotic boyfriend. I need funny from the characters having fun and joking around. Uh, so that's the only like major issue I had with it. Other than that, I mean, there's a few spotty acting here and there, but you have that with indie stuff. This is a this is a great independent horror film. Like I, I really really enjoyed Reds and Tower, and I, next time uh, Toe Tag has this sale, I'll definitely pick up the the four disc or whatever it is, simply because I am curious about that documentary. Um, coming in right where Kyle came in, uh, it's a seven out of ten. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a five disc. Um, a five version. jesus yeah it, i was looking it, at the, i was like what the fuck is on all these discs <laughs> it's crazy too man like okay on disc two where the documentary is <clears throat> that documentary is like two and a half hours long too <clears throat> so it just kind of you know it gives you a an idea of what you're getting yourself into with the features like there's a lot on here oh yeah so, and i'm not even through them all yet <laughs> so it's represent crazy. pittsburgh black and gold fred yep. Bogle, what's up <laughs> <laughs> I should have been a hometown boy, honestly. <laughs> JP, just Pennsylvania, right? <laughs> there you go. That was good. Perfect. Um, yeah, Redson Tower, man. I, you know, I probably am. I think I'm kind of notorious sometimes for films that I really do dig. You know, talking them up, blah blah blah. I hope I didn't hurt your guys's you know views on this stuff. Kyle, you didn't seem to be as impressed with it, but. Uh, <laughs> Um, I've always said that, you know, when I first saw this film, I was like, man, I love this movie. And like, I just kept hearing nothing but complaints about it. Like all that shit, slow burn, fucking blah, 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 pointless, blah, blah, blah. I'm just like, no, I think that people are just looking for 
just all the wrong things mm-hmm. in this film. And I, I find all the right things. And I do 100% agree. My One of my biggest you know, biggest problems with this film is the ex-boyfriend and that it's not really needed. I mean, you can have the whole storyline where he's just broken up, blah, 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 but you don't have to have that guy there. Yeah. Really like don't. honestly think about it. Like he could have, even if he was just like calling her obsessively and it gave mm-hmm. her a good reason to like get out. And maybe he did come try to like start some shit like, like, Hey, come back with me and like got beat up. You could end that right there. Right. You don't need that character anymore. Like, yep. It, it it's it's kind of an odd maybe there was something more to it that never really got from from paper to film it could be it could be um yeah i you know i honestly don't think the acting's overly that bad in this film from the main characters i think everyone does a pretty solid job uh comedy works in it i think the effects i think for the most part uh, the cinematography, I do have actually noted that it can be dark, a little dark at times. I, it didn't really bother me as much as it bothered you guys in certain parts. It only parts. bothered me for that brief moment, but I just... Well, the thing with me is I, I have bad eyesight already, so it's oh, like, okay. you know, I, I can't see things that are where far Where I have, away. like, 20-20 vision. So. Yeah, I mean, I can't see things that are far away. My TV's pretty far away from my couch. I mean, it's, like, probably a good five feet, you know, five, probably a bit five longer. Feet. Well, yeah, probably mine's like, way further than that. It's probably, like, it's probably <laughs> like I don't back know. Back to my TV than that. Seven or eight feet, I'd say. <laughs> You're fucking I mean, blind as a bat. I'm pretty Kyle's blind, fucking dude. stupid is what he is. Dude, I'm fucking, I'm fucking blind, dude. I can't see five feet in front of me, like, at all. <laughs> Dude, I have the worst stigmatism ever. I wear fucking glasses. Kyle can't even see see what color the cock was that he sucked last. Fuck you, Jake. (laughs) Why don't you go suck Fred Vogel's cock with your PA bullshit? How about that? (laughs) Asshole. Anyway, that's the only only reason I'm about the about the lighting is because my eyesight's bad already. I mean, if my eyesight was 2020, I probably wouldn't give a fuck. (laughs) So... That does make sense, but... You know, all in all, I think this is a really good production. I think there's definitely room for improvement on the film. But I think overall, you know, it's just a really, really solid independent film, especially, you know, this being his like first like, you know, structured film. You know, it's not an August Underground film. So it's quite unique to see this from a filmmaker. And it kind of shows that he has a little bit of dynamics for sure. You know, um, you know, when I talk with Fred about, you know, his filmmaking and stuff and he's just he's really he's an interesting person to talk to. You can tell that he just has a lot of ideas and he's got a lot of, you know, talent and he can go in a lot of directions. I just, I, I hope he does more, you know, I hope he gets he just, more money. I know that's the thing, man. He's just, he's so into it. You know, he really is. He's always at these conventions. He's always like one of the top personalities there and people really do support him and stuff. And uh, yeah, I mean, I hope someone just throws him some cash one day. Just here, do a film. It'd be fucking amazing, but Resident Tower. I'm going to give an eight out of ten. Like I said, there is room for improvement, but it's it's a fantastic film. I love watching this film. I've watched it over and over again. I never get bored of it. There's something about this film that I can not only relate to. When I was younger, sitting in those garages, smoking, drinking, partying, doing stupid shit. I mean, I never had, I never had, you know, I never got possessed, you know, and did some crazy <laughs> did shit. That never really happened. <laughs> you know so i can't relate to that but you know as for the rest of the film it's very relatable and i that's what i love about it it's great no so. no you're right i mean I, when you like i honestly could watch this one like again and yeah I could every too. once in a while like I, I think i would throw this one in every once in a while like, i would yeah. like it's a chill movie i, I liked it awesome awesome i'm glad that you that you dug it because i know i've talked about it so much <laughs> Yeah, did Derek, was Derek the one that gave this a 10 out of 10? 
No, I don't think so. Did okay. someone give this one a 10 out of 10? I thought I heard somebody say 10 out of 10. Wow, crazy. That's pretty high. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of high like a lot of the characters, man. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, man. Alrighty, so that is going to conclude the 76th episode of uh, the 22 Shots and Moods and Horror. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode, man. I had a lot of fun. A lot of good conversation. Again, thank you, everybody that left us questions and voicemails. We really, really appreciate the listener feedback. And, uh, yeah, just anything to do with questions. We love it. So, um, Kyle, thank you for coming back to the show. You're always welcome. You're always welcome. If you can break free from all that dick sucking that uh, accumulates all your time. Um, (laughs) Too much dick sucking in my life, man. Too many thick, like thick meaty cocks just around me at all times. Jeremy, are you trying to break his record? (laughs) Maybe this is why you have such a bad stigmatism. You got to stop taking those shots in the eyes, man. I know, dude. Maybe it's bad. Too much cocky scenes I do all the time. God damn. Oh, my God. (laughs) But yeah, anyways, man, thanks for dropping by. Always, uh, always glad to have you on the show, man. You always do a good job. So stop by any time. Maybe one of these days we'll, you know, we'll uh, get to. One of these days we'll let Kyle pick the film. (laughs) Yeah, if if you want. I'd be so down for that. Yeah, I bet you would be down on your knees, right? <laughs> so, God, y'all motherfuckers are getting oh, at me tonight. Just, uh, <laughs> no one's listening right now anyway. Yeah, Kyle, you know nobody listens this far into the show. <laughs> <laughs> you know, don't you remember when Jamie got all pissed off when I was like, nobody's listening right now. And he's like, oh. fuck you, JP. <laughs> it was so fucking good. All right, man. All right, JP, you want to take us out of here? Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's do it. Um, So, guys, I'm not going to go through all this stuff tonight. I'm super freaking tired right now. I was losing it. The only thing that I will say is uh, you can check out our YouTube channels. That's Mood616. I am Double Shot J. And that is the pet horror file, <laughs> a.k.a. Kyle. Check him out on YouTube. Enter his contest. Send him dick pics. And yep. uh, we're done. We're through. We're out. Woo. Cool.